G'day and welcome to On The Esky, an Aussie sports podcast where we like to break down the week that was in the wide world of sports. Cricket boys, we rule, we rule at cricket. <laughs> Back on top of the world. The girls are champions <laughs> of the world. The boys get a win in indoor cricket stadium. It is an outdoor cricket stadium in indoor. Mm-hmm. I was about to say New Zealand. Uh, in, indoor India. in India. Uh, Nathan Lyon did a bit in that one. Rugby league, we've got our season preview part two. We'll look at the, uh, the Sydney, Sydney teams and caveat we are Sunday afternoon so we've had a <laughs> had a brief look at, at a few of them yes, yes. Uh, we'll talk some NBA the Bucks Celtics and Nugs all sitting pretty Clay Thompson has put the Warriors on his back how will um, the Lakers do without LeBron for the foreseeable future the EPL Arsenal it's time to start believing Gunners fans <laughs> five points clear 12 rounds to go uh, possibly got away with one overnight 97th minute how you going Plus a final round, uh, probably the most anticipated card in in recent memory, uh, although maybe Markachev and Volkanovski say hi. Uh, But we've got the return of uh, some people's goat. He's definitely in the conversation in John Jones. Massive gap between 205 and 265. Uh, He's been putting on... Uh, Wait, he's been on, on that on that yeah. dirty bulk for the last few years <laughs> to go up and fight Cyril Garn. Uh, we're currently watching the um, the prelims. Pre- prelims. We might even get into the start of the main card whilst uh, we record. Please do remember if you are watching this on YouTube, um, we we do have timestamps. You can skip to the sports that you like. We do have socials. Uh, check them out if you could please. We like to start off this show by shouting a beer uh, to commend excellent work in the sporting world. Uh, Sean, I'm going to pass it over to you. Who are you shouting a beer this week? Yes, well, the the NFL Combine is underway. Um, Quarterbacks were today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I'm going to shout a beer out for Anthony Richardson, who uh, I think Lamar Jackson maybe robbed us of this kind of performance and we finally have a quarterback um, in that mould that's come out and absolutely dominated uh, the NFL Combine. Uh, set records in every uh, every category, um, which is crazy to think. So, uh, it's I think he was six four and a bit at about two fifty uh, pounds. Ran a four four four, jumped over forty inches, jumped over ten uh, feet, and um, yeah, looks like an absolute specimen uh, as a as a quarterback. And it's kind of what I expected to see out of Lamar Jackson many years ago. And I was a huge Lamar Jackson fan when he was coming out of college, and. Um, Richardson maybe doesn't have the pedigree or the results in college that Lamar did, uh, but he is an unreal talent and a lot of teams will be looking at him in that first round now. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting quarterback class uh, coming up and an interesting uh, draft post process now kicking off uh, officially with the combine um, through three days. I think there's, what, two days to go. It's unbelievable uh, athleticism out of Anthony Richardson. We might have a look at uh, everyone's combine results in our next pod. Uh, so it's currently underway. Uh, but, yeah, he's definitely done his draft stock uh, no harm in the way that he performed. Uh, I think a 41-inch vertical out of a quarterback <laughs> that weighs 250. Yeah, he, he jumped higher than yeah, some of the top first round like wide receivers did. So um, Insane. Yeah. And runs, runs a 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. So they'll find a use for him. And at that size, that, that mm. was like uh, slightly lighter than like Von Miller. He's heavier than Josh Allen and, of course, ran quicker than all those guys did. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a freak athlete. So, yeah, interesting. Monks, I'm uh, going to pass it over to you. Uh, another athlete yes. who, who 
performed uh, under some extenuating circumstances the other night. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, he probably needs loves a, a beer. <laughs> loves a beer, probably needs a really nice ice cold one as well. <laughs> yeah. um, I am, of course, talking about Cam Munster. Um, so was it Thursday night? Thursday night. Thursday night, that's right. First game of the season? First game of the season. Um, compound fracture to his – on his right hand, his ring finger. Mm-hmm. Um, did it performing a tackle – Went yeah, on landed on it, I think. Early Land, as well. Yeah, yeah. landed on it. Um, then proceeded to go make another couple of tackles, I think, mm-hmm. um, before he got um, run off with the trainer. Um, but, yeah, by all accounts, gruesome sort of injury. Um, you yeah. hate to see those sort of things at the start of the season. Mm. Um, I think perhaps, yeah, you showed a picture of it to us in the group chat and mm. you could definitely see bone uh, coming out of that finger, obviously being a compound fracture. But, yeah, just massive props to, to Munster on his – you know, just durability, I guess, being able to yeah, well make I, a couple plays and then I think the return to the game exactly, as well. Yeah, <laughs> played the whole game. Yeah, played the whole game. So. T- taped it up, a couple of needles, and sent him back out. He played the over sixty minutes of yeah, professional yeah. rugby league, <laughs> uh, and you know helped them win a game in Golden Point. So yeah, yeah. that's it. Unbel- um, unbelievable toughness. Uh, mm. You know, we, we we talk often about the NRL and and is it maybe the the toughest sport getting around and uh, acts mm. like that from from blokes like Cam Munster definitely are a testament to that. Did have so. surgery over the weekend uh, and is expected to miss two to three, yeah. uh, but yep. but got Melbourne uh, off to a good start. We will talk all things rugby league after we chat a little bit of cricket. Mm-hmm. That's it. What yeah, about you, you Bobby? This week? Uh, well, I'm, I'm busting my bank account wide open here. It's not, it's not, it's not quite a whole country, uh, but it is, a, it is a whole football team. Might have to just limit it to the team and not the fans. I'm not sorry. Fans. Uh, most probably Aussies aren't really aware of Union Berlin, and uh, you'd, you'd be forgiven for not knowing uh, who they are because they have only been in the Bundesliga in the top flight of German football for the last four years. Uh, were, were really battling. Um, they they got relegated back-to-back years, uh, uh, back oh, 10, 15 years ago. Their fans did a whole bunch of unpaid work to try to get them back, um, you know, to being a, a formidable um, team in the Bundesliga. I was having a look, look at their team list and I've got no idea who anyone is on, on that team list. And they currently sit third behind uh, the giants of German football in Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. Uh, an unbelievable effort from them. We may see them playing Champions League football. Mm-hmm. And uh, considering they've only been back in the top flight for, for four years, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. So enjoy a nice, cold uh, German beer, maybe Beck's, maybe a nice big Beck's, you know, <laughs> Dust Boot even, Dust yeah. Boot, if you will, shout out the Beer Fest, great movie, that one. <laughs> you just got to make sure you turn it, the yes. bubble comes down at you very yeah. quickly uh, and, and keep an eye <laughs> open for Union Berlin uh, as, a, as the Bundesliga starts to heat up. Mm. Mop of the week, boys. Uh, someone who is extremely talented. I'm a big, big fan of what he does on on the uh, on the court in the NBA. But uh, overnight, some uh, mop like behaviour. Sean, do you want to take us away with this one? Yes. So Jar Morant is who we're talking about. Uh, it came out during the week that he's been charged with assault. Um, he. Uh, punched a 17-year-old over a dozen times and then pointed a gun at him after um, a pickup game 
Uh, so by all accounts, it sounds like uh, he may have lost his pickup game and got, was copping a bit of lip. Uh, hence the the overreaction. Uh, I would uh, assume here. So who the fuck was he playing? It's Matt McClung. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, but then followed it up with this morning with mm. doing his Instagram live story and again uh, flashing a weapon um, uh, in that. And the NBA has kind of stood him down. So uh, uh, the, I think the Grizzlies stood. I think yes. yeah. Yeah, and the NBA yeah. is investigating. Sorry yeah. into into the situations and wants to know what's going. Going on, um, uh, I think Shannon Sharp had some interesting takes on it as well. Always does. Well, always does. Like, why is he, he doing it. this? And you know, uh, yeah. Sharp was talking uh, smack about Morant like a couple few weeks, weeks ago. ago. Well, yeah, like with his old man, to, exactly. Mm. Yeah, because he had another altercation. Yeah, like, but you know, why is he doing this? He's just signed a deal with Nike as well for a mm. shoe deal, and you know, Kyrie over there is another athlete. He <laughs> was like, "Hey, Nike, what's up?" Mm. Um, so it's it's interesting, and I've been seeing some rumors floating around that. Uh, He's more of a private school kid, and I'm not sure, Jim, if you want to look it up, but um, he, he's the the want to be gangster. I think has been thrown around a fair bit. The Drake effect, I think. <laughs> we'll talk about the Drake curse <laughs> later, but uh, yeah, I don't think he's really from the hood either. No, no. And uh, look again, preface it with I love what he's doing on the court. Yes. He's only young as well because he's had this sort of rapid ascendancy to being the face of the Grizzlies mm. franchise, mm. and uh, he was my Smokey for for MVP at the yep. start of the year. You have to think that he's he's still a young kid, and he just probably just needs some some good sort of mentors around him, and just trying to make sure that that, that cash doesn't yeah. go to his head because it's it's very easy to throw it all away. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And who's in his crew? Who's in his entourage? The yeah. whole, you've, you've seen this story uh, many many times before with mm. professional athletes in America, and um, hopefully it doesn't go the way some of those did. Indeed. Uh, so as it stands, two games in. And then indefinite. So he's definitely out for two games and then they'll do their investigation. Uh, it's literally an, it's an Instagram uh, video where there seems to be a gun that's flashed for a few seconds. Um, yeah. The I, thing as well is probably a little bit on the nose is it was coming after a loss mm. to the Denver Nuggets who currently mm. lead the West. Yep. And should you be out partying after losing to what could be the Western Conference uh, you know, finals moving forward, uh, maybe it's not the best optics either. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think with the assault charge during the week as well, they'll probably wait to see um, uh, results before, like, say, including in that. But uh, I think there's a lot of things happening in a very short period of time that the yeah, NBA might step in to uh, cool the heels a little bit. All we can hope is that, uh, yeah, he's got some good cornermen uh, in in uh, in his ear and, and just getting around him and just saying – Look, you're you're one of the the best young talents in the league. Uh, let's 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 keep it that way and uh, and try okay. to let the uh, okay. off court kind of stuff um, stay out of the headlines and and keep your your on court performances uh, be the reason that people talk about Jar Morant. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, monks. Let's talk about the greatest cricketing nation in the world. <laughs> Australia win the third test over there in indoor. Jeez, it would have been nice if we didn't have that collapse uh, back in Delhi, the Delhi disaster, mm-hmm. the the broom. Uh, but speaking of brooms, we've avoided the sweep of the series. Nice and <laughs> and it, yeah. it really came down to an excellent performance from Nathan Lyon. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go through his numbers in, in just a second. Uh, but he, had, he did have 11 wickets in um, the, the test match and – you rarely see it. India batted first and we had this early uh, dominance with them getting skittled for 109. Uh, and Matt Kuhneman, we've got to talk about him. <laughs> Matt Kuhneman took five. 
three, four weeks ago, wasn't even on the tip of anyone's tongue. He wasn't even oh, yeah. he wasn't even in India, and he, he gets flown in there later. Played okay, I suppose, in Delhi, mm. and then he goes out and takes five for sixteen. If you don't mind, uh, some of his polls included both openers in uh, in Sharma and Gill. Uh, he he got uh, Shreyas Iyer, who has definitely got. The monkey scratching on his back, yeah. and then uh, and then sort of did a bit of a demolition job on the tail there. Uh, the the left arm orthodox spinner five for sixteen uh, on the biggest stage in the world. It's co- we'll talk about the pitch in a second, but uh, it's interesting tactics, and it's always tended to work. Uh, you know, from an Indian standpoint, uh, you know, ma- making decks that spin and it tends to play in their favour. But uh, it's interesting that someone that comes in that doesn't really have any kind of experience at a test level, let alone playing in India, goes through and, and cleans out their whole top order. Mm. And you probably saw the same with Todd Murphy uh, as well yeah, earlier. Yeah. So, yeah. We, yeah. you know, uh, maybe the future of it spinning for the Australian side uh, could be sorted with those young fellas coming in. Um, but they've shown they can do the job uh, in favourable conditions, let's say, for spinners in India. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you want to talk about the pitch, um, uh, I think maybe India misread it because it was was a pitch that was hastily put together. Mm. Uh, and maybe on day yeah. one, looking at it, they thought, oh, it looks good, the middle is all green, so that'll probably hold up. And, um, you know, it's the ends look, you know, flat enough that we should be able to bat on this all right. But I, I think they weren't expecting it to essentially turn to dust um, within within minutes of starting the game, uh, and that could have been to do with the, the quick hastily prep uh, that it yeah really fell apart very quickly at both ends, and uh, that fell and made it very easy for the spinners to get a lot of grip on the ball mm. and a lot of turns, mm. a lot of turn. Um, so yeah, the curators maybe overcooked this one uh, for the Indians, and uh, they ended up making the wrong choice here, um, batting first. They use a different soil as well. Mm. So it's like a, a red sort of brick base uh, as opposed to the black ones that we saw yeah. in the first and second test. doesn't seem, you know, obviously none of us have uh, any experience in, in curating, uh, you know, pitches, but it didn't seem to play that differently really to the first and second uh, test. It means that we do have three tests that have been finished in under three, three and a half days. days. Yeah. So is that yeah. where test cricket is headed? Um Look, people use the argument, I think we spoke about it earlier in, in previous eps, you know, you've got to play to the conditions. It's what yep. the, you know, the, the every home nation in test cricket is going to dish up something that's favourable to their own team. But it, it is an interesting, yeah, play when, when someone that comes in who's barely played uh, any international cricket comes through and, and takes out, you know, some of the best batsmen in the world. Yeah, like uh, I think we said it after the first and second test that Nathan Lyon really hadn't um, picked it enough yet. And the, the Definitely in the first, it's sort of like it, he's, he's finding his feet in the, in exactly. the second and is obviously, uh, you know, yeah, it was unplayable. took care of business <laughs> yeah. in, in, in this uh, in this third indoor test. Uh, Usman Khawaja continues his, his sort of gritty resilience mm-hmm. um, at the top of the order there. Uh, Travis Head uh, comes back into that opening position with uh, Davey Warner going back home with uh, that fractured elbow and the concussion. And uh, we spoke about it. Uh, last ep, but 
Paddy Cummins coming home. Uh, unfortunately, his mother's very unwell. Um, so hoping, um, you know, that, that I don't think things there's been go, any, go okay with any that. latest news on that. No. Either, so I'm probably not expecting Paddy back for the last test. Either. And why would you? The series no. is lost. Uh, you know, our quicks bowl. Well, we can draw the series. but We can, dra- we can we draw it, but we can't get the trophy back. And your quicks are bowling about, what, 10 overs a test match? Yeah. yeah. So does it really mm. matter when you've got former, you know, Captain pre-Sam Papergate and, and one of the best batsmen of all time in Steve Smith steering the ship. Um, I, I would say kudos to you, Pat. You've yeah. got to put family above cricket and, uh, and you know, yeah. just, just spend I, I that had, time together. I agree. And I don't even think he might be back for the start of the one days, uh, which is on the 16th. So... Um, for him, I, for him, I'd just be thinking at like Ashes yeah. that you know have have a few months. Yeah. Well, the yep. good thing with winning this, we're confirmed in the World Test uh, Championship. Championship match. Yeah. True yes. that. True so that. We don't have to worry about uh, New Zealand losing to Sri Lanka anymore since we have <laughs> held one match. So we're confirmed in uh, in that. Uh, we did have to try to get the best of uh, Ravi Jadeja and Ravi Ashwin. They still took seven wickets uh, mm-hmm. in that first innings, uh, but just just some uh, real grit and determination showed by the Aussies there to get to 197. Uh, it's still back it could have <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could have been a, a lot better. I was remember going into day two and thinking, geez, we've got a sniff here. No, 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 I've, I've seen this before. We'll manage to fuck this up. And then it all <laughs> unplayed in front of our eyes when we lost 6-4-11, boys. Uh, an absolute capitulation. It didn't cost us the test match in the end. Uh, I suppose you have maybe the, the inverse of the last point of, you know, these decks getting dished up and you've got guys like Todd Murphy and Matt Kuhneman taking bulk uh, mm-hmm. poles. They also have to go out there and bat, yeah. and uh, it looked a little lacklustre, yes. didn't it? Yeah, the the, the tail end's uh, not going to play well against against Spin. I think uh, well, the good thing I think out of all of that was Nathan Lyon. I think was the only one that got out playing a sweep shot. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it was also he was uh, he was the last wicket, yes. and he, he's batting with Matt Kuhneman, yeah. uh, and he's just gone. Fuck this! Yeah, uh, throw, get, ho- hopefully get yeah, one. And get me get back out there and give me that rock. Yeah, and uh, yeah. look, if that was his thinking, it uh, it turned out pretty yes. Uh, pretty well for him. Let's talk about that Indian second innings. Uh, they were bowled out for 163. Nathan Lyon, eight for 64. It's his second mm-hmm. time that he's taken eight for. Um, th- there's only a handful of Australians that have ever taken eight for. If you wouldn't mind just bringing up the, the best bowling figures ever by Australians. Uh, you've actually got to go way back, I think, to Mitch Johnson uh, mm-hmm. for someone who's not Nathan Lyon to have taken eight wickets in the test arena for Australia. Um, we spoke about it just then about how a lot had been sort of said about him in the first test. Oh, Todd Murphy's coming in there in his first mm-hmm. test and he's getting mm-hmm. more side spin and, you know, you're meant to be the GOAT. What's going on? Uh, Reese um, cemented his his place as, as the greatest Australian off spinner of all time. Yeah, he's not going anywhere in a hurry, I would think. He and go uh, went nowhere. Yeah, and I think uh, for Kinnaman and Murphy, it's a perfect time to pick the brains of one of Australia's greatest ever spinners. Pajara offered a bit of resistance. He had 59 off 142, the old wall. Um, mm-hmm. he's, he's very good at that conventional test cricket mm-hmm. and kind of something that our boys might have needed to, to model their game around in, in, uh, in that second test where wickets are falling around you and he was just front foot, wall, block out, block yeah. out, block out. But it was Nathan Lyon that ended up getting uh, Pujara and, uh, well, and we skittle him for 163. The, the Steve Smith catch to get, 
get Pajaro, which I think was a turning point mm. um, very much in that match, was uh, as the captain, it was a crazy dive to his right after going left mm. um, to pull it off to get essentially the, the breaking wicket and um, they worked through the rest of the side very, very quickly. So, um, yeah, I think it was a massive moment in this test match. Let's roll into the Australian run chase. We only needed... 76 runs to win. It's these chases which kind of make you more nervous. <laughs> yeah, well, like, when we, Usman, should, we should get this done. And the first 10, 15 overs, it uh, was scary. Out well, Usman gone second ball. Yeah, it was mm. like, oh, shit. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> the old meme. Oh, <laughs> shit. Here we go again. GTA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Head and Labuschagne both were quite reserved in, mm-hmm. in you know, seeing, seeing the ball and, and trying to get a feeling for what the – what the deck was doing, uh, which was a lot, yeah. and then uh, kind of, I don't know if it was a flicker switch kind of thing, Travis gone, no, nah, I'm going to play my own natural game here, and he started belting Ravi Ashwin back over his head. You'd love to see that as an Australian cricket fan. Um, look, I, I'd be you can't, uh, just, just, yeah, yeah, just quickly, you can't, you can't question Ravi Ashwin's uh, credentials as a, as a spinner, but he, uh, he first, just... First number one test bowler in the world at the moment. He, he just stole gr- it from uh, uh, Jimmy Anderson during the week. He just grinds my gears, yeah. though, man. He just grinds my gears. There <laughs> yeah. was that sequence with Labuschagne where Ashwin had shaped up the ball off two steps mm-hmm. and Labuschagne was like, no, no, let me, you know, reconfigure here. And the umpire said, get a move on. And then Ashwin goes back to... His normal run up, um, mind yeah. games. Uh, yeah, uh, mind games. Yeah, I think they, um, unfortunately for him, it didn't. It didn't work this yeah, time. Yeah, I think they saw the writing on the wall maybe a little bit in this. Mm. I wanted to ask you a question. What did you think of the ball change? Well, it it didn't help. Like it was after that ball change that yeah. things really started to come undone for him, didn't it? It was it was interesting because I think uh, talking ahead after the match, um, or it might have been Amanus, they basically said, "Oh, we didn't have any extra," you know. Uh, uh, you know, a message from coming out of the dressing rooms for, to, to change a player, to go more aggressive mm. or anything. I think they just felt at that time in the match, and maybe with the break while they changed the ball over, um, that they maybe reassessed where they were and they're like, hey, we're in this, we're, we're now in, we're mm. now confident. Uh, and then they started going after it. And, yeah, the runs ahead to get quickly tumbled and unfortunately for Hedy, he was one short of his 50. Um, but, hey, I, I winning the he, match. I don't would think be he good. would have given two fucks no, if, no, I, no, if no, I'm uh, no, being no. honest. Uh, on Travis Head, whoever's idea it was to exclude him from that Can't first Can't play spin, test, bro. <laughs> oh, man, they got some egg on their head, seriously. He, 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 he played that traditional opening role of seeing it off, seeing it off, seeing it off, and you go, geez, this isn't Travis Head, and then he just went bang. Yeah, I, I don't know whether it's the change because he is opening instead of, you know, what would he, if he'd played in the first, he would have been, what, fifth? Mm. Um, so whether that was a big difference and the reason why he's been uh, playing well uh, in India. But either way, he's just uh, – you know, what was he, number four in the world for Test Batsman? You don't leave him out for Renshaw. Like, no. Nah, <laughs> like, nah. And with due respect to, to Matt Renshaw, um, you know, has has been in there in that Australian cricketing system for, for mm-hmm. quite some time. But yeah, you, you don't you don't drop a bloke on a heater, especially after Pick what, your best sticks. what he did in the Australian summer. It did not warrant his dropping in that first test. And uh look, a little bit of uh I told you so uh kind mm-hmm. of uh, a moment for for Travis Head in in, uh, in in sealing the deal for for the Aussies yep. who get their first win in India, I believe, in the last six years. Um mm-hmm. obviously we haven't won a series there for for twenty odd years. Um, again, it just goes back to that that Delhi disaster, and you know what? Why was everyone playing the sweep shot? Apparently, from uh, Ronald McDonald, the 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 skip, uh, the the coach, no I should say. <laughs> yeah, it, there, it wasn't a um, a direction from the coaching staff. Everyone just managed to go out there and all succumb to the sweep shot. 
we spoke about that in in previous episodes. We don't go, need to go check revisit it too much. Yeah, do do check that out if uh, if you uh, so please. Um, but yeah, it, it just seemed like a far more conventional approach to to chasing a small target. Um, and and when you're expected to win, which often is is harder to get things done, um, it was just it was just executed uh, far far more properly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Jimmy's pulled those stats up. Mm. It's interesting to see uh, Warnie and McGrath there at two and three, mm. um, and Nathan mm. Lyon was it not that one. Uh, 21, so 21, 21st, I would say. Uh, for best, best figures ever. Best figures ever. How about yeah. that? So uh, there's a that Maley bloke from 1921 over 100 years ago took a nine for, and then there's, what, 30-odd blokes that have had eight for before? Mm, McDermott's in there a few yeah. times. Massey as well. Craziness. Miss Johnson is there. Yeah, so that was the last time that someone took an eight for that oh, wasn't – In this millennium? Wasn't Nathan oh, Lyon. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. Nathan Lyon, so yeah. 08. And then since since 08, Lyon's done it twice. Yeah. When was Crazier? Yeah, he was 08 as well. Mm. Household name, Jason Crazier. <laughs> Eight for 215 <laughs> on d uh, But, yeah, we, we win a test in India. How good? How, How good? good? And, geez, yeah. the, we needed it. the morale of the Australian public. Everyone, It's interesting. Everyone's, you know, it, it, it always happens. It's classic from the Australian public, the Australian media, you know, heads need a roll. We've lost yeah. two games in India. In, in, <laughs> Change you know, the whole team. Really so. dif- difficult conditions. Yep. Sack everyone. Yeah. Um, and then they go out and they say, well, look, we, we can play test cricket in India. It's just these tiny – It's it's – Half a session, which is which is losing us test matches at the moment. So if we can work out how to get through, you know, these these half sessions when the pressure starts really building and, and blokes are dropping off mm-hmm. left, right and centre and we show a little bit of resilience and have, I hate to say it, a Pajara type that can go in there yep. and, and, you know, just, just be a brick wall and uh, and see, see off uh, a, bit of, uh, a bit of the ball under those pressure circumstances – we're not that far no. off a off a series win in in yeah. in Asia or in India. So, do you think we should have the uncomfortable conversation with uh, maybe Steve Smith's a better captain? Does it come down to captaincy? No, look, I don't think you can. Given what we're just talking about, and mm-hmm. and Camo's mother being critically yeah, unwell, yeah, I, I think it would be a terrible way to lose a captaincy. But I would also, but that has to play on your mind as well. Yeah, like is cricket the a most exactly. pertinent thing? You know, well, in the front that's of the your reason brain? he yeah. wasn't playing well, himself as yeah. much. He maybe thought he was down, and that's why he didn't want to bowl himself. Like he's like, I'm, and that I'm shot, not in the game. And anymore. that shot when he came out, and and you know. Yeah. Blokes were falling uh, all around him and he played that slog sweep shot and the ball didn't bounce much and he missed it by half a mm. foot. Mm. Um, given the you know the, the, the news of, of his mother being very unwell, yes. you start thinking, okay, well, m- maybe that plays into the decision-making there. Yeah, yeah his I agree. was somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And understandable. Yeah, but oh, yeah. you can't hide the fact that this Australian team uh, looked better uh, when they were in the, in the fields, like I think mm. Steve Smith's decisions on rotating the, the bowlers and when they did the changes really worked well, and the change in like strategy and the, and the guys coming in uh, when they were rotating the spinners and uh, really off put the Indians and mm. really uh, mm. I think uh, broke a lot of their partnerships. And uh, the more I thought about it, it was like because we talked last week about. Uh, the killer instinct. Mm. I felt like, oh, I feel like they maybe had a little bit more of that, and yeah. I wonder if you know maybe that's just Steve Smith uh, coming in here, and, and that's kind of the way he used to captain, you know, ten years ago. Mm. Um, uh, well, it was probably not that long ago, but it, it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah. Six in Sandpaper yeah. Gate, I think. Yeah. So you know he's yeah. well, he's captain for a, a large uh, period there. And mm. that's definitely 
knows how to win a test match and mm. I, I wonder if maybe that was a slight difference in this one. It's a, it's going to be a difficult conversation. Yeah. But he, 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 though, who's already come out and said um, – He doesn't you know, want it. He yeah, this is this yeah. is Cummins' team yeah. Yeah. and, you know, I'm just filling in here. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, is a perfect thing to, to say, say in, the, anyway. in this space. <laughs> of course like, he has, of course he yeah, has to say that. I, I, th- I think um, uh, if they win the second one – you know, results start to speak volumes. Mm. I will say, though, I think this team is also more like the best Australian team. I think with Cam Green coming in, mm. like they fit in there. Yeah. Yes, you know, maybe Stark and Cummins, not quite like for like, but they, you know, are playing that role. And this is probably the best team they've had in India um, mm. uh, so far. So, yeah, I was definitely going to, I was going to say Cam Green's definitely a big in for them. Big mm. in, head, you know, he played yeah. in, in the second test, but, but, it seemed like a, the best eleven were selected for, for this game. This one, yeah. I th- I feel like Cummins has been the anointed one. He is the uh, it was the King Arthur that pulled the, the <laughs> sword out of the out of the rock. Uh, I feel like yeah. he, he's he's the one that they've said. Look, you're you're the the bloke to take this team forward. Although Smudge is a pretty handy bloke to step in uh, when when he is unavailable. Have you seen as well that? Captaincy hasn't affected Steve Smith's batting. In fact, he's averages 65 <laughs> yes. when he's skip uh, and was averaging 55 before he was skipper. We saw the captaincy take a toll on on previous mm-hmm. um, Australian uh, top order batsmen uh, in that their average took a little dive after getting the captaincy, but Smudge just relishes in it. Yeah, mm. yeah, I definitely agree. So uh, I don't think they're going to make any changes anytime soon, but uh, I, I don't know. Um, whether they go back to more of a traditional makeup of the team with the captain being the batsman or not. Um, it, it, it would take, well, yeah, sweeping in India would have probably have started that conversation, but um, uh, let's hope the Ashes don't go badly for, for us and Cummins and uh, you know, maybe it's a conversation to reevaluate in the future. Probably a good segue into England and mm. New Zealand. Uh, test history being made. Uh, one of the best test matches I've ever witnessed. Yeah. Uh, it going down. Crazy. Right down to, to the last run. Uh, New Zealand getting the win by one run after being forced to follow on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the, they're the fourth team in the history of test cricket that have followed on and gone on to win. Um, an, an absolute – like this is – this is why people love Test cricket. Yeah, because oh yeah, you win a T Twenty game by one run. Yeah, cool. Like that's good entertainment for that that evening. The fact that this has happened it's the second time ever that a Test has gone down to one run. This is why people froth Test cricket. This is why us as Aussies, with out mm-hmm. a dog in the fight, other than kind of going for New Zealand, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we you know we saw this play out on day five and think this is yeah. just enthralling uh, Test cricket. Exactly, and that's kind of the point. That's why it's five days. You want to mm. you want to see it comes down to right at the end after five days of hard, hard battling. Yeah, it's a very different uh, predicament than a two and a half day test. Um, and um, I don't know. Uh, just whether just the general statement on test cricket, or whether uh, in India, whether the the India type of cricket they prefer the shorter. Kind of matches, or just a, it's no, just they a prefer, they prefer winning. Yeah, they prefer winning, that's, so. and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So they prefer the, the the decks being three days old before they show up for the first <laughs> over. So, yeah, 
Without, uh, without sounding like whinging Aussies, <laughs> you know, sore losers coming off a win. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, th- th- that's that's essentially what's been dished up in, yeah. in India recently, and, and it and it backfired. Whereas this this Test match was was compelling viewing. Um, you have to talk. We have to talk about England and a young man called Harry Brook, uh, 186 off a baseball strike rate of 106 in that first innings. Uh, I think we, we spoke about his test average being 100. It's now up to about 107, 108. Uh, did so you, did you so see literally it? best since Bradman kind of gear as a 23-year-old. Yeah, he's, he's breaking all kinds of records. And I believe he's going into America to practice some baseball as well. Oh, really? I was like, not sure why, but... And <laughs> I, I don't know, yeah. work with some elite athletes. Yeah. You know, you want to pick the brains, I suppose, of the best in the world. Though I think... We, uh, we should also probably not overlook the fact that Joe Root got 150, another century for him, uh, and he's been fastly chasing down the others in the what are they? The top, I guess the top the, four the big batsmen, four, the, big with the big four with the with their tons. Uh, Coley hasn't added to his. Probably should talk about that a little bit as well. He hasn't added to his in over. Is it four? It's coming up on four years. Four years. It's yeah. four. It's four calendar years. Yeah. Um, but the actual time that's surpassed mm. is uh, is coming up in four years. I think Joe Root it, since. He's Since Coley last got a ton, Roots had like 12. Yeah, he's taken over Coley. I think he's, he's taken Williamson as well and he's like one or two behind Steve Smith. Yeah. Which is crazy numbers. So he's definitely been doing a huge job there for England. Um, but also, fuck you. Uh, and <laughs> hopefully get out in the ashes. Yeah, that's right. We're, we'll sing his praises against New Zealand. Oh, good on him. You yeah. know, also hadn't played that well in his last few tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you look at his three, four year form, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but, yeah, when those ashes roll around, we'll, we won't give two fucks about yeah. it, about yeah. Root, uh, you know, breaking down or breaking records. There's also a shout that his trajectory, he may go to number two in terms of run score well, he's, he's, all, all time. He made it in the top ten, didn't he's he? He's into the top ten now. And, he's, he's and Sashin is so far ahead yeah. of, of, of Punna um, mm-hmm. when it comes to one and two. Yeah, uh, sorry. Fifteen. In front of Callis and then Punna just behind. Uh, so uh, if you go down there, Root, no, he's – Can you click on runs, Jimmy? He's 16th. Yeah, I think that's sorted by runs there, is it not? No, it's not. Sorted Steve by Smith. hundreds. Oh, it's sorted by hundreds. We're just looking at hundreds. Can you sort it by runs? He should be able to. He's just got to find it for us. We better keep talking in the in the meantime. Uh, Jimmy Anderson as well at forty years of age, still hooping it around. Uh, he's going to be scared. a scary prospect when yeah. the Ashes roll around. They've got so they've definitely. I think we've talked about it enough. They they had the key figures in place in that team, and they needed to go away and find the young fellows to come in and to build a solid squad and. Um, like we've been saying, it took them six months, eight months to go away and find some guys come in and now they're playing excellent cricket. Um, mm. So, yeah, concerning for us going into uh, the Ashes uh, in the middle of the year. But um, we we I think would still be confident that we can be competitive over there. I'm, I'm more than confident we'll be competitive. Uh, can we go win over yeah, yeah. there? And after – the last Ashes where that they got absolutely trounced down here and, mm. you know, I suppose the, the counter-argument to what we go on, on about and whinge about conditions in in uh, in India and, and in other countries, maybe, you know, the, the inverse is true down here that we just have these roads that are fast and bouncy and other teams can't compete on them. Yeah, go to the top there, Jimmy. So Joe Root's there in about 10, I think. Yeah, I think. 
I can count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I he's he's he took Steve War. That was the the reason. Yeah. So he's sitting eleventh, and uh, will definitely get, barring some kind of you know horrible injury, he's cool. he's definitely going to get um, Joe Wardner, Chander Paul, Lara, Sangakara, Cook, yeah. and then you start getting into the thirteen thousands. Um, and looking at that, obviously there's that big gap. How old is he? Tendulkar and Ponting. He's only 32, I think. Yeah, yeah. If he keeps this form going for another three years, then... You're probably looking at two. It should definitely be two. And then, yeah, it's how long after that he plays. Because um, you've got to look at that. Well, he's played 129 matches, so he's about 30 short of the guys ahead of him. Uh, but Tendulkar played 200, so that's... It's, 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 it's <laughs> he, he, he debuted when he was 18 and retired when he was 39 mm-hmm. or something, yeah. so yeah. it's it's pretty hard to, to catch the, the little maestro. Yeah, uh, but as well, if you look at the tests played there, where Root is, is 11th, he's 129, the two blokes or three blokes ahead of him in Border, Jaya Wardner and Chanderpaul are on 156, 149 and 164 respectively. So he's mm. you're in the sort of ballpark of 25 less tests and only you know a few hundred less runs yeah we well, look at steve wolf just behind that, him yeah, yeah. yeah it's 168 so the the trajectory he is on is uh is is unbelievable he currently sits uh there with 29 test hundreds uh that might be equal with this smudger at the moment so uh, you probably look at it steve smith's down there he's at 30 he's one behind. Uh, one behind one behind yeah which is what i think he has said he's caught he's caught williamson and coley up uh, who have because Collie's at twenty seven hasn't added to it. Mm. I think Williams uh, might also be twenty nine, but he's probably further down that list. I think speaking of Williamson as well, I think he went to the most runs ever oh, yeah. by a New Zealander stop, stop. In, in this Test match. Yeah, seven thousand. He's at twenty six, so he's also taking him over. He just went. Yeah, he did. So he went past Ross Taylor. So mm-hmm. uh, Kane Williamson is officially the highest run scorer of uh, of Kiwi fame of, of all time. Yep. All right, that's enough sucking off Joe Root. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the Aussie girls. Uh, well, I was going to try to make a segue from, okay. from okay. sucking off Joe Root, but I think I might let this one. <laughs> yeah. I may through to the keeper. Through to I the keeper. may let this one go through to the keeper. Often, uh, in my sort of you know third grade kind of uh, cricketing experience, I'd let I'd try to get, let one go through to the keeper, take the top of my off <laughs> yeah. peg. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, let that, let that one go through to the keeper. But uh, something is a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent confirmed. The Aussie girls are. Top of the the women's cricketing arena and have been for essentially the the entirety of women's um, international it's cricket. Yep. It was their sixth time that they've won the World Cup. Some of these girls have won five uh, in Meg Lanning and Alyssa, and Alyssa yeah, Healy skip? and uh, Meg Lanning. Meg Lanning is, is a skip because I was seeing uh, during the week. Uh, well, not during the week after they won this. Um, yeah, her record, her resume as captain of wins against the likes of Ricky Ponting and Steve Smith, and um, and yeah, having won more major tournaments than, mm. than the lads had, which is kind of interesting. But it, just it shows, is interesting. It, it just I shows their dominant period. Yeah, though, I feel it's a little apples and oranges as yes. well. Those kind of comparisons, and not to take anything away from the girls and this massive achievement, mm-hmm. um, but they they're just head and shoulders above everyone else. We did. There was actually the mm-hmm. semi-final, which was a lot closer, yeah. and um, and the the. Indian skipper, uh, her bat essentially yeah, we you know, dig, it, digging yeah. into the ground and, and that's what sort of catalysed uh, yeah. their, their capitulation in the semi-final. Uh, they did this one relatively easy um, in Cape Town against the host nation and uh, our champions 
of the world. Beth Mooney uh, at the top there with 74 not, um, pretty much just controlling the whole the whole innings. And then uh, who who did the, the job for us with the ball? If you wouldn't mind, it was at a horrible time? I think it was midnight on a Sunday into a Monday. Mm, it looks pretty uh, shared. Wicket's, yeah. Wicket's pretty much shared there. Yeah. Uh, but the the Aussie girls, it's it's kind of like how long can they keep this run going? Now, obviously, those girls that we just spoke about in in Meg Lanning and and Elise Perry and Elisa Healy are starting to get a little bit long in the tooth. But mm-hmm. uh, you've you've got. Girls like Ash Gardner and and Beth Mooney and Talia McGrath coming through, who um, you know will kind of receive the the, the baton uh, in in the relay and lead this this team forward to hopefully more more continued success. Yes. Speaking of a few of those girls, uh, the women's Premier League currently uh, just kicked off. Uh, I think overnight it might have been the first mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit of a. Not the best start for our Aussie girls. Uh, I think I shouted Ash Gardner a beer for her over half a million dollar payday uh, with the with the Gujarat Titans. Um, she got a she got a golden quacker and uh, poor Beth Mooney. Uh, it looked kind of innocu- innocuous. That's not English. Yeah, <laughs> close, close enough. Inno- innocuous. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I'm not going to try. Let's it. go with that. <laughs> <laughs> she went to go take off for a run and hurt her ankle uh, and is off for for scans, but it didn't it didn't really roll or anything. So, be interesting to see what happened there. Monks, if you wouldn't mind clicking on that, then Mumbai Indians uh, uh, ladies got off to uh, a really solid start, winning this game by 143 runs. Uh, Scrolling down, scrolling down. Yeah, so Ash, Ash Gardner and no, yeah, Pretty a, expensive. A, a, she, she opened opened the gardening, uh, the gardening. <laughs> 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 new, new term for fielding. <laughs> <laughs> she got out the second tears, the lawnmower. Yeah. There's petrol in the whippersnipper. My goodness, uh, Ash Gardner gardening. You can yeah, see I, what, I know. See where my brain went there. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. My goodness, uh, Ash Gardner of uh, elite hedging fame. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little, a little lacklustre. Look, there's lots of games coming up, and yeah. uh, it's nice um, to see you know the girls out there on on this big stage and uh, mm-hmm. this this um, women's Premier League financially uh, remunerating uh, some of these girls um, for for all the effort that they put in. Yeah, definitely. Before we get stuck into the rugby league, uh, so we've got the UFC 285 pay-per-view kicking off and Bo Nickel up first. Big raps on him. Uh, mm. We'll see if he can live up to it as his first uh, main main card uh, fight for him. Likes paying a dollar and five cents, isn't he, to win mm-hmm. this fight? Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy uh, background in wrestling and probably one of the most dominant American wrestlers uh, in recent memory. See if he can get the job done here. You will have to forgive us if you're listening back to this and, uh, you know, listening to our astute observations as to, you know, how the St. George Law Dragons will fare this year and then you hear, a, oh, uh, it's probably because something's happened in uh, in the fights that we're watching. That's no, because they're going to get the spoons. Oh, <laughs> first round knockout. <laughs> All right, Bucks, if you wouldn't mind getting us underway with some rugby league. 
the best soundbite uh, on the internet at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we've just gone. I've just gone alphabetically. That's how my sort of OCD brain works. We are doing mm-hmm. the Sydney teams. Uh, if you want to see us talk about the non-Sydney teams, we did do that last pod. Otherwise, we would have a three-hour podcast on mm-hmm. the NRL teams uh, for the year. Uh, let's start off with these Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, Cameron Seraldo comes in. You know, uh, understudy of of Ivan Cleary there big at, raps. at Penrith. Big raps. Um, Big, big signings we'll talk about in just a second, but mm. we can't avoid the elephant or we can't ignore the elephant in the room being that they only won seven games last year and finished 12th. They started 2-11. and 11. Uh, So if it wasn't for them sort of sorting a little bit of their shit out later in the season, uh, could have been a lot lower. True. But where did they finish the year before that? Spoon. So, so they've gone Spoon. So they've gone Spoon, 12th. If my Top, last, eight. Top my, eight. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Top yeah. eight. We do again. This is Sunday. Uh, they did get towed up by Manly yesterday. Maybe yeah. that will weigh into to the way that we approach this. Um, at, at bi- Tommy Durbo, <laughs> yeah, DCE. <laughs> yes. uh, big big signings in Viliami Kikau, uh, the the mm. left edge there from Penrith, and Reed Marnie. I think that's probably the uh, not to take anything away from what Kikau does, but we talk about the importance of spines mm. and Reed Marnie. Uh, you know, bees dick away from playing for Queensland last year. Uh, he's he's an excellent uh, addition to that that Bulldogs roster. Hayes mm-hmm. uh, Perham uh, coming over from the Eels couldn't really get a gig playing fullback there behind Gutho. The so who, who the played King. one from the other day? Perham, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, you can only it's only one game. You can't mm-hmm. judge too much, but a little bit lackluster. Big names in, lots and lots of sort of established guys out. I think Josh Jackson's probably the biggest loss for them. In in um, his retirement. But you, you also have to think of guys like Paul Vaughan, you know, yeah. before uh, a Solid silly, uh, before a silly barbecue a few mm. few years back, uh, you know, uh, a regular in the in the New South Wales and Australian teams. Uh, Matt Dufty, their fullback goes, so that's why why Perham's gotta come in. Um, you know, they lose Jeremy Marshall King, so that's that's mm-hmm. two guys out of the spine that go. Uh, and then and then guys like Jack Hetherington, Brent Naden. Um, Aaron Shoup and Brandon Wakeham. Uh, the other thing that you have to consider is these injuries. These poor, Luke uh, Thompson, yeah, it? Luke Thompson. He did the the dreaded Liz Frank uh, has had surgery. Uh, saw, saw a thumbs up of him uh, lying in the hospital bed there with the big cast around his his foot. That's it's close to season. They're a weird injury to rehab. Sometimes it's I'd say season. Even after healing, and then try to. Uh, you know, big man putting weight on on that kind of foot, it'll take time to get back into you know football shape as well. Yeah. Like, uh, I think you write the whole year off. The Liz, the Liz Frank ligament, uh, people starting to become more aware, I suppose, of of the names uh, behind these injuries, given the internet and uh, you know the amount of football players that get injured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's minimum sort Our of medical expertise. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Ooh, at least, at least sure. one bloke's in the industry. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you're looking at a minimum of three to four months. That I think that is conservative. Yeah. Um, I think you. Well, no, it's the opposite of conservative. I think that's aggressive. Yes, <laughs> in the industry. <laughs> uh, I thought you were talking about Sean a second ago. <laughs> I, I think I think you're looking at most of the season. Yeah, most yeah. of the season. This is the injury that ended Dane Swan's career from yeah. from the AFL. Uh, you do hear about people that do it, and their foot's not the same for a year. So exactly, we we will see what happens there and wish him a speedy recovery. A bloke that should be back in in sort of 
five to six weeks is Tevita Pangai Jr. Mm-hmm. We know how devastating he can be, but he's got a calf strain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want to talk about their leadership approach here. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about the AFL uh, <laughs> in a little bit, but you saw the Brisbane Lions. Half, yeah, half their yeah, team yeah. is uh, in, in the, the leadership in group. the leadership group. <laughs> the Dogs have gone not quite that extreme, but they've got six blokes in the leadership group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Josh Adokar, Viliami Kikau, Max King, uh, leadership group members. Ray uh, Fotala Mar- uh, Mariner, he's actually the club captain, but mm. not the captain on the field. So he's sort of in charge of culture and uh, HR. Know, yeah, HR. <laughs> yeah. There, there you go. <laughs> and uh, and they've gone uh, co-captains in Matt Burden and Reid Marnie. Excellent football players, but does that sort of speak a little bit to where this club's at in that a bloke that you bring in this year and a bloke that you brought in last year, are you co-captains or do you just want your best footy brains running the show? Yeah, I think maybe yeah. it could be youth as well because uh, I, I wonder why they didn't give Matt Burton to the captaincy off the bat. Mm. And it may be because he's you know a young guy still trying to find his feet. Uh, in the NRL, so support him with uh, Areed Marnie, who's been around a bit longer, um, was, you know, uh, around the Origin camp a little bit too. So, And, you know, also still a bit of a young fella, so maybe between the two of them kind of sharing that load a bit more. Both very young. I just looked up uh, Marnie's 24 and Burton is 22. So Mm. a lot of responsibility there for two blokes whose combined age is Tom Brady. Yes. Um, we, we'll look at their spine quickly. Uh, so Hayes Perham has got the fullback jersey. Burton, Flanagan, good to see them going mm. with him. Um, and Hopefully it lasts, I think. Yeah, the, the, the chop and change mentality last year, I didn't understand which, it. Which is probably why they started so slow to the year. And it's probably why I think they'll probably start the year mm. slow as they kind of work out with the new guys coming in, uh, what that team is and what their best combination is. And then that's how they'll have a decent run towards the back end of the year. But they got to sort it out sooner rather than later. You can't. You know, of your first 10, losing your first 10 is, uh, makes it very difficult uh, to play late in the year. I Definitely. have them finishing ninth. I think that they're going in the right direction. The Gus Gould effect, uh, you can see, uh, you know, how much of a genius he is when it comes uh, to to roster management and, and getting guys over to the club. Yep. I just think that they're, they're still just off top, yeah, top eight kind of stuff. I had them eighth. And I had the Raiders last week with ninth. And, mm. you know, one of those two will be the guy that sneaks into the top eight. That's kind of why I've got them both there in that position. So I've gone one ahead of you that I think, oh, maybe they sneak in. Um, but like we said, they need to find their feet very quickly to be able to do that. Uh, did you come out with any? Yeah, no, same, same as you, Peps. I have them coming in at, at ninth. Um, they've definitely got a lot of ins over the last couple of years. Um, it's good to see them sort of slowly making their way back up the ladder. But... Yeah, again, they're probably going to be on that verge of the eight. I I feel like their fans are probably hopeful for top eight, but you've also got to Mm. consider, yeah, if you've won won the spoon 18 months ago (laughs) and you've gone to 12th and then if you can go to ninth, you know, and then really start – as as Marnie and and Burton take control of this team and get another year under their belt, and then you bring in a guy like Stephen Crichton next mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. you know, roster management and and elite sport, you you look in these you know these three four <laughs> year <laughs> kind of kind of blocks uh, and and try to look look forward. Um, I think that Dogs fans, after a fair bit of heartache over the last sort of four or five years, have got a bit to to look forward to. That rolls us into the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, they finished second last year, won 18 games, but they were two and done uh, come finals time, uh, mm-hmm. losing to the 
the Cowboys and South. They're paying 13 bucks to win the whole thing this year. That's only just behind, I think, the top three mm-hmm. uh, who, are, who are all kind of even Stevens in Penrith, Chooks and Melbourne Storm. Yep. And then I think South are just ahead of them. Uh, Craig Fitzgibbon obviously uh, has, has done a lot with, with this group. Um, not Many big name signings. Uh, probably Oregon Kafusi mm. is probably their biggest name coming in. Um, he's he's a middle um, who who's coming over from the Eels, and then sort of a, a lot of young talent coming up through their their New South Wales Cup team. Uh, and then a few big names leaving, but kind of a uh, juxtaposition, of the guard, if you yeah. will, of of old and young. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose old heads in Andrew Fafita and Aidan Tolman mm-hmm. and then uh, young guns in uh, in Lockie Miller and Luke Metcalf. Uh, Nico Hines, probably, uh, we, we have to talk about him. Yeah, uh, Dally M, player of the year last year, mm-hmm. calf strain. Early reports was it just going to be round one. It's maybe going to be a little bit yeah, yeah, more, more than yeah. that as well. Do you want to risk him? It's a twenty-four game, awesome. you know, regular season. Do you do you need to rush him back? Mm-hmm. Uh, Braden Trindle obviously isn't Nico Hines, but he's a reasonable bloke to step in in that seven jersey, and um, and unfortunately, sort of been in the media for the wrong reasons. Uh, mum, mum in a little bit of hot water yeah. uh, there. So again, you know, back to Pat Cummins. That's got to play into your mind. Uh, stuff happening off the field. Yeah, yeah, he'll. Need whatever time he needs, and then he'll be back. How about uh, you know we, we we spoke about uh, Cam Munster and how tough he is. How about your two co captains being two of the toughest nuts yeah. getting around in the NFL? In the NFL, I've done that. that yeah, that's yeah, yeah. In the NRL, uh, in Dale Finucane, and the big bomber and Wade mm. Graham, uh, blokes that definitely wear their heart on their sleeve and yeah. uh, can put a big shot on. Uh, and we saw that last night. Uh, yeah, Wayne Graham yeah. could be in a little bit of trouble. We'll I have think to see. so. I think so. We'll talk about that in yeah. just a second. Uh, this. Yeah. Spot Fine um, is is reasonable, I think, mm-hmm. uh, when they're fully healthy. In Will Kennedy, uh, maybe one of the more underrated kind of guys, uh, wearing the one jersey in the NRL. Matt Moylan, Nico Hines, and Blake Braley. Um, we saw CSC for Talakai come along uh, mm-hmm. last year. We saw Toby Rudolph come along last year. They they definitely won't be intimidated by other teams. I don't think uh, with, with some of those names that we've been through. Uh, I'll get our ladders up here, boys. I think last year people were maybe a little surprised at how well they played. Yeah, I think – did we say like six-ish last year? Yeah, I feel like spot I feel like we, we had them sort of top eight but didn't really expect them to, you know, be pushing for for um, for a premiership. Obviously need to sort out uh, how they, they play in finals football. Uh, I've got them finishing top four. I've got them fourth this year. Mm. I had them a little bit lower at seven and that only really is probably because of the product of the teams in front of them. Um, and, yeah. you know, it was hard to kind of rate them over what the Eels did last year, uh, Souths as well, and then, you know, you got the Perennials and Storm uh, Roosters and Penrith, and then I was uh, debating about, you know, uh, Cowboys and Eels, whether they flip spots, but the Cowboys still looking like a quality side. So, mm. um, yeah, uh, I think they, you know, from one through down to seven on my list, um, though anyone in that, that list could probably win a premiership. So, mm-hmm. Max? Uh, yeah, I've got him in a fourth as well. Um, although after last night with Graham probably missing a few weeks, um, as you mentioned, did before, they win Nico that game last night? No, that last they lost and, and pretty handedly to a depleted South Sydney team. Twenty oh, 18 to twenty seven there. Um, yeah, they might have a slow start to the season, which might push them 
and down a couple of spots. Before you go on to the next one, uh, Bo Nickel has had a quick day in the office, uh, first round submission as expected. Got the early takedown, yeah. got, got the joke and uh, that's all she wrote. So. Red nuts in the UFC, there's yeah. not too many of them. <laughs> Does Connor count as red? Uh, Hard to say. <laughs> Let's talk about Manly. Uh, the, the big, big talking point from last season was that debacle following Pride Gate. Uh, if you wanted to feel any... Less confident about humanity, get jump in, you know, a Daily Telegraph comment section or <laughs> anything following that. No one wanted to have a reasonable sort of level-headed debate, which either side of the fence you sat on, it was either you're an idiot, you're a bigot, you're a piece of shit, blah, 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 <laughs> or keep politics out of sport, religion out of sport, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, We're a sports podcast, let's not try to... Um, dwindle on that thought too much, but one thing is for certain that completely derailed their season yeah, last year. Rugby league, yeah, no, rugby league. It was really the tipping point. Like, obviously, with the injuries that they had as well. Like, you missing there or thereabouts, and then as soon as Pride Week happened, it just yeah. yeah we can see the crumbled. see the guys that wanted to get out of the club post that very quickly, um, and then you know Hasler kind of getting thrown on the bus and was like, "Fuck this, I'm out." So, Scapegoat, man. Yeah, True, and yeah. Then, you know, getting replaced by Seabold. So, be interesting to see. Uh, what they can do, can they um, rebuild as a team and go forward? Not a huge fan of Seabold as a, as a coach. Mm. Um, but uh, – What's up? The <laughs> <laughs> Back in the days when you went for the Broncos. Yeah, well, you got handed a pretty good uh, Souths team and then went to Brisbane and uh, made it implode. So uh, I'm not sure Manly is going to be any easier. Um, but they, they they 100% just reside on what they do with Turbo. Um uh, yep. You know they got to have a minimum the twin, twin turbo going uh, for for triple, could be triple turbos. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I know nothing about cars, but uh, <laughs> I suppose triple turbos isn't a thing. Oh, you probably pull it off, but it's probably overkill. Yeah, exactly. So you know that's that's really the core of their team, and one of those being Tom is when healthy, probably the best player in the NRL. So. Um, mm. Yeah, that can that can take you from uh, last place to, to to top four, as we saw um, for when not last season, season four, yeah, yeah. just yeah. a dominant bloke won the Dally M, and he played like eighteen games, games or yeah. sixteen games. Like he he was yeah. head and shoulders above anyone else, and it's pretty crazy when you've got guys like Nathan Cleary and James Tedesco and, and that in the league mm -hmm. when Tommy Turbo was so far ahead of anyone else in 2021. We mm -hmm. saw bits of it yesterday. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll talk about the game in just a second. Um, they did finish 11th last year, winning just nine games, uh, seven out of their 15 losses occurring in a row after the Pride yeah, Jersey well, they didn't debacle. Win a game after it, so. Uh, they're paying 18 bucks, which is kind of sort of lower end of the top eight uh, this year to win the whole thing. Cooper Johns is going to replace uh, Kieran Foran. He got the sixth jersey uh, yesterday. Did you son, see much of him yesterday? Son, son of the goat, Matthew Johns, brother of Andrew, some, <laughs> yeah. someone yeah. I've never heard of personally. Yeah. Just, Who? You know, Who? <laughs> well, Matty Johns of, you know. Little, little yeah. thing. Fu funny, uh, you know, Reg <laughs> Reagan, Trent the flight attendant, uh, you know, makes Sunday nights in winter. Absolutely something to look forward to. His brother's just immortal, like, who cares? Yeah, that's right. He's good. One's good at footy, one's good at talking rubbish. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Out, of got, out of three guys here who are not good at, at footy and 
not good at talking rubbish, but wouldn't mind to get better well, at most it. Most of yeah. it's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Cooper, in his own right, uh, pretty good footballer, uh, has been through the storm system as well. So yeah, we you know, couldn't break into that squad because of you know a few guys playing ahead of him. <laughs> but uh, history tells us guys that leave the storm uh, to go play at other clubs tend to go pretty well. Yes. He's filling the role of Kieran Foran, who's off to the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marty Tapao leaves. Dylan Walker leave. Uh, not heaps of ins and outs for Manly. Uh, there's a, f- a fair few of the Sydney teams, actually, that are running with a similar kind of uh, mm-hmm. top 30 as they did last year. Uh, we, we've we've spoke about it to death. We probably will speak about it with another team that comes around uh, who's probably not as good on paper. But mm-hmm. uh, if, if Tommy Turbo plays... Could be world beaters if he's out hard yeah, to replace. If he plays the season, they probably finish in the top four. Mm. He's, he's that much of a difference maker. And I think I had them outside the eight. Uh, Which is interesting. But I think that was um, uh, because of my original kind of thinking of where the club was, not my love of Seabolt, and the fact he was off uh, dealing with his hamstring. And I think Gus uh, sorted it out, uh, you know, made the comment well yesterday. Um, you know, him being in for round one is a huge uppercut so, uh, against the Bulldogs. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's the difference. That's what I think they're uh, mainly uh, – where did I have them, 12th? 12th, yeah. I think they're a 12th squ- squad, add Turbo, they're top four. So <laughs> that, 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 that's kind of where my thinking is. And, well, since he's back and healthy, um, you know, watch out. I've got them eighth. Um, we, when they're on again – could probably push anyone in in the NRL, but it is yeah. a long year. Recurrent hamstrings, you don't like the look of that either. Mm-hmm. Um, He's probably going to play Origin. Um, yeah, the, so the, the Origin. Play a lot of football. Well, the Origin toll as well. Does DCE retain that seven jersey? We'll be talking about that mm-hmm. in the middle of the year, um, and and we'll definitely talk about that when when we get to Penrith. Um, yeah, I think I think on paper a pretty good team, uh, but just ne- need a few things to go right for them. I've got them sitting in eighth spot. Marks, uh, have you got them in the top eight? I do, I do. I have bumped them up to seventh, mm. uh, just to be different. Uh, but, yeah, solely relies on uh, Tommy Turbo to make it through the season whole, really. Um, do like the addition of Johns. I reckon he'll, he's like, yeah, wasn't really able to prove himself at the Storm. Uh, I did have a few games there. All right. So, yeah, it'll be good to, good to see him. Um, and foreign leavings probably... Good in a way that's kind of like gotten rid of that distraction. Um, I've never, I don't know, never really rated foreign, so I think that's probably a good. Yeah, he, good he, position he had a them. couple of good years when they ran into the the finals and won a final, but um, he's been off injured and kind of really hasn't recaptured his his best. Yeah, um, well, but he's he's a service probably a top veteran, so yeah, probably top broke, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he does your job, but he's he's not what he once was. Rolls into last year's runners-up in the Parramatta Eels. They finished fourth uh, on the ladder and then uh, strung together a really good finals series. They won 16 games last year, uh, really got blown off the park in the grand final by Penrith in that first mm-hmm. half. Under Brad Arthur, they're paying 14 bucks to win the whole thing. Few ins, uh, pretty much their whole back row uh, was was new uh, on Thursday night. Uh, they picked up Josh Dury from the Bulldogs, Jermaine Hopgood. We're, we're going to talk about him in a second from from Penrith. Uh, Jack Murchie uh, from the Warriors, and uh, probably their their biggest signing is uh, is former Raiders uh, hooker in Josh Hodgson. He is coming off an ACL, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he goes with that. A lot of outs. As well. Yes. So we spoke about mm. Kafusi um, of 
state between California and Washington fame. Mm. Um, Reed Marnie is close to irreplaceable. Yep. Isaiah Papali'i, you know, arguably the best edge back rower in, in the game last year, um, leaves. And then sort of lesser known names but regular starters uh, in Murata Niakore, Tom Opacic, Hayes Perham and Ray Stone. So a lot of uh, reshuffling for Para. Well, I think also mm. in the that back line in the back row, sorry, there's got a few outs there too with Sean Injuries, Lane and yeah, yeah run. Uh, Madison also suspended. Suspended so. from that uh, crash tackle where he got three weeks uh, yeah. from from last season and Sean could Lane, have been a fine, but they wanted the suspension. I weird, no hey. Yeah, I yeah we spoke about that last year. It seems like forever ago, doesn't yeah. it? It's, you know, it's nearly six months. He's probably doing the extension out back and needed the cash, so <laughs> they took the three games. <laughs> Interesting, right? <Ryan, laughs> I'll tell you what. Look, to, to, to just go down the the uh, sort of uh, appreciator of good rig. Uh, chat that, <laughs> I, that I like. It's generally me that brings it up. Uh, but Ryan, I Matt, why. Ryan Maddow, <laughs> one of the hottest blokes in the NRL, just quietly. Uh, some good Warwick farms on him, that's for sure. And Sean Lane really established himself as a, as a good edge back rower last year. So, so they will miss them. Um, the 11, 12, 13 that they went with um, on Thursday night was Matt Dury, Bryce Cartwright, Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, they have to believe. Because they yeah, beat well, they beat Melbourne twice, they beat Penrith twice last year. They were bees mm. dick away from from beating Melbourne on Thursday night. Yeah, and we constantly have been giving them the pretenders tag uh, mm. for many years, and they well they lost twice the Tigers last year as yeah, well. So. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, they're playing. They play to their competition. Um, uh, we really need them to, like we've been saying, take that next step. Uh, and for them, that's you know putting it all together and then winning, mm. winning a final. Interesting. I think we reported a week or so ago. Miss Moses saying he's staying with the Eels. That's kind mm. of been back up in the air, and it's all confusing. I wonder if the Tigers come in last minute with a up their offer or not. But there's nothing, I guess, officially on paper where he's going next year. So uh, now we're into to week one and uh, don't have any certainty of what Moses is doing next year and whether that plays on Eels football going forward um, and where his mind's at. But we'll see. He's a, I'm, he's a professional. We'll see. assume he'll, he will do the best he can, but I don't think they've had anything official on his contract. But 100% that has to play into the, the team mentality moving forward. Mitch Moses had a breakout year last year, mm-hmm. played Origin, really established himself with Dylan Brown as, as one of the premier Half pairings in the NRL. You look at their spine with the King and then they've got... um, It's a good spine. Yeah. Like Gutho, Brown, Moses, Hodgson. Yeah, if Hodgson can stay healthy for the whole year, they're going to be... That's up there with one of the better spines in in the NRL. I... The way that I graded them was a little bit down. I think I've got them seventh. Yeah, I, um, so j- just because of those all those outs and the few un- unknowns in how's Hodgson going to go as an older bloke coming off an ACL, is Mitch Moses there next year? So, so yeah. I've got I've got him seventh. Uh, I also tipped him to beat Melbourne on Thursday night. I wasn't far off, but uh, <laughs> it, was it was a good game. Yeah, minutes, it was so. a great game, and uh, we will talk about round one in just a second. Yeah. But uh, I th- again, it goes back to so many teams that have gotten better. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if Para have. Yeah, and that, that's kind of where I had yeah. them. You know, I had them and the Cowboys in three or six spots. So one of those I will maintain and be as good as they were last year, and one of those I think falls off a little bit. So mm. I've said the Eels yeah. will be sixth and the Cowboys to keep them going and be third. But mm. I can just see with the same conversation with both those squads that, um, yeah, they, they were played probably overs last year and wish one of those can maintain uh, that level of um, competitiveness going forward. Yeah. That's where you got them. Yeah. Um, Big slide. 
Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's more a product of the other teams really as well. Yeah. Like we obviously had a few teams set in stone last week when we went through the teams outside of Sydney. Yeah. Um, and with the, with the teams left in Sydney to go, um, I've had to put Eels down at eighth. So mm. may still making the eight, so could probably make a good run. But um, yeah, back on Moses, um, if Herbie Farnsworth is anything to go <laughs> by, it doesn't matter where you're going to next year, we'll probably still play a good year of footy yeah, so uh, regardless. So <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good segue to talk about Penrith. Yeah, Penrith, uh, mm. they, they dropped uh, an opening game at Bluebet mm. Stadium. Uh, look, it's one game of rugby league. I've, I've still got them finishing first. I think, uh, um, you know, cats out of the yeah, bag. Is unanimous. it first, first, first unanimously? Have you got yeah, I, no, I think I had them one. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah. so we all see them uh, wrapping up the minor premiership and playing for rugby league history in trying to get a three-peat. It hasn't happened in our lifetime. Parramatta. Oh, yeah. Mm. Parramatta was the last time well, yeah. you know, that, that it's happened. I, I feel like maybe Brisbane mm. did it, but then I'm thinking maybe that was Super League. And I think even accounting for Super League, I think it was two. I think I might have put it – I did a little bit of research yeah, on this. Yeah. Did I put it in the notes? Uh, let's have a look. So the teams that have gone back-to-back are the Chooks in 1819. The Broncos did it in 92-93 and 97-98 with one of them being Super League. Yeah, okay. Raiders 89-90, Dogs 84-85. So that's – Going backwards uh, since Para did it in uh, in 81, 82, 83. So it very hasn't been done for 40 do. years. Yeah, very hard to do. They lose Viliami Kikau and Apikorosau. It's hard to say that on paper they are better than they were last year. No, in fact, I, I think we can all agree in mm. saying on paper they're not as good as they were last year. No, definitely and taking I, a step back. Yeah. yeah, and I think that showed on uh, Friday night as well. They're kind of still trying to work through their structures a little bit on – uh, the edge and especially out of hooker as well. So I, I think the team overall is still good enough to be very competitive. Um, it might more, take, take more than competitive. We've all got them finishing first. Yeah, yeah. But I, so, so I think no, like, as in like the first month might be a little bit rough. They mm. might go two and two. Just sort um, the team yeah. out. But yeah, once they kind of get past that period, I think they'll be good. And then um, they'll just probably go to 20. Uh, 20 win streak and then roll straight into the finals again. And I think that speaks volumes to where this club is at. They won all four major grades last year. <laughs> they've got the best um, junior development program in, in the NRL at the moment. Uh, so a lot of that is going to be on these younger blokes mm. uh, coming up. Uh, they also brought in um, Luke Garner and Zach Hosking mm. to try to fill those big shoes of Viliami Kikau. Uh, Garner got the the nod on Friday night and looked a little bit lacklustre. Um, so that's going to be an interesting void there. And then they brought in Tyrone Peachy uh, from the Tigers to be their mm. utility. They, they're kind of a victim of their own success in that you you develop all these players, nearly all, all of them played together, um, you know, growing up, um, and then you, you start having this success. That means that they demand – more money. Yeah, well, it's the price of the salary cap. The other teams mm. want to get better, so they'll offer more money and uh, pinch the best players. So. And you can't actually pay them unders. I actually learned that from mm-hmm. Bloke in a Bar, a really good NRL podcast. Uh, yeah. Well, I think for, he was – Denon was breaking down the fact that once they start getting these accolades, you you actually can't pay them yeah. un- uh, unders. Like, yeah. uh, Which yeah. is a very rooster strategy because I think, I think Sonny Bill was a classic recent example when he came back. They wanted to pay him fuck all, but they're like, well – uh, the Tigers will probably pay him X amount because mm. of his resume and his repertoire to play for them. So, uh, like, it's got to be a fair deal uh, as well. Um, we can't just be there being paid peanuts to fill a role. So the NRL, at least, is uh, smart in that regards that they 
um, you know, protect the pay a little bit, but they're also maintaining that they get a decent wage. Yep. Looking at those outs, that list is extensive. We've already spoken about Kikian Chorus out, but they also lose Sean O'Sullivan, uh, who – who was very good in Nathan Cleary's absence last year. Jermaine Hopgood absolutely lit it up for the for the Eels. Um, I think he'll be a really good addition for, for the Eels. Robert Jennings uh, will, will be a, a starting centre there at the Dolphins. Charlie Staines will be a starting winger at the Tigers. Um, the, you know, obviously Kikau and Coruscant are the big names, but that's that's Quality five back. starters and your backup halfback that go. Yeah, yeah they're, they're going to struggle a little bit and – um, I think you've got it there, the, uh, uh, the salmon of um, uh, we got a dog. We fame. got we got a dog. <laughs> fame. Uh, well, he and Lua had a blow um, a blow up after the match as mm. well. So there was a report of that a heated exchange, as you will, not a melee, but a heated exchange. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, probably some frustrations out of that game. Going back to what I said before, of teams trying to find its feet, find its structures, and they're probably not you know working out exactly. And uh, Luai has got to kind of find out how he fits into that, considering he doesn't have Kikau outside him, um, to make him look excellent. So uh, we'll have to see how that team progresses. Taylor May did his ACL in the World Club Challenge. <sighs> unlucky. So yeah. really came along last year. That does open the door uh, for Taruva, the 20-year-old Fijian. Uh, he, he looks pretty classy. Um, and if Penrith's anything to go off, it's sort of next man up mentality. Uh, I do wonder about that origin period when – you are, half, li- are likely half to, to more of the team disappears. So well, yeah. you're definitely going to lose Cleary, Yo, and probably Luai, mm-hmm. and then you're going to lose Liam Martin, um, and then there will be other blokes putting their hand up around that. Yeah, are you able to get through those three games and whatever injuries that? may or may not occur, touch wood, mm-hmm. um, without Sean O'Sullivan. You know, they bring in Jack Cogger, Shaman Salmon, I don't know if those guys are, are going to, um, you know, have have that ability to, to carry this team the way that Sean O'Sullivan did in, in Cleary's absence last year. Yeah. So, you know, they're probably not going 20 and 4 again this year, um, but I think they'll still win uh, <laughs> predominantly a large amount of their matches and finish first. I feel like in this segment we've both basically just – laid out all these reasons why they won't be <laughs> very good, but we've all got them finishing first. And when you look at – Heart, not head. Well, when you look at the spine in Dylan Edwards, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, and, and Mitch Kenny's pretty pretty handy. That Sonny Luke goes okay as well. And then you look at their other positions in Isaiah Yo, the best ball-playing middle row, yeah. Yeah, in, in the NRL. James Fisher-Harris is arguably one of the best middles in, in, mm-hmm. the, in the league. Um, Critter, Isaac Tungo um, – you didn't even mention Toto, bro. Toto, you know, they, or, they origin winger. Like, like so. oh, yes, they've had a lot of a lot of people go. Yes, they are a victim of their own success. Yes, if they do manage to break this 40-year-old 40, 40 um, sort of hoodoo of, of three-peats, mm-hmm. it's probably the hardest that they'll have to work out of out of all of them. Yep. Um, but we've all got them finishing first. And, and that's just, just – um, a testament to, to how good uh, Cleary and Yo and the likes are. Yeah, agree. Do you think during the origin period, because of some of the outs and the slow start we are anticipating they're going to have, like they might not have a similar sort of call up to origin as they did last year? Where you uh, might see a few of them like sort of. Great question. Like uh, I think Toto maybe uh, Adokar beats him out. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that could be a fair conversation. Maybe. Uh, depending on how Luai does, maybe Luai misses out. Like Nathan Cleary and Yo are probably the certainties. Um, yep. 
uh, barring Yo, of course, being hurt, but if he's hurt, then he's missing out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think those two certainties and the others, like, yes, you could make conversations that, yeah, there's probably another dude at another club, maybe not winning as many games, but outperforming them. And the, and that thought crossed my mind in that Luai probably does cop a fair bit of stick in that, oh, well, if he wasn't playing, you know, with, with Cleary and, and Yo and the rest of it, he, he wouldn't be as good as he is as he is and he doesn't deserve to wear the six for for the blues i have seen that sentiment getting around i don't think freddie in his right mind is going to break up that that partnership not no true no no someone would have to play absolutely out of their skin to take that six jersey off off jerome luai so the origin period i do see them losing um luai cleary martin yo at a minimum and then Probably, probably To'o because the other winger was Daniel Tupo last year. Yeah. So it could be To'o yeah. and Adokar. Yeah. Exactly. So so you're looking at four, maybe five guys to yeah. go to yeah. origin. We think four or five, you know, at, at the lowest it'd be two. Like, yeah. But even that's probably a stretch. So no. We get, well, Liam Martin will play origin. I think at yeah. the lowest it's three barring injury. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, have, having, having said that, you know, they're, they're still – the, the premiership favourites, it is it is kind yeah. of close got a great w- coach with, with them and the Chooks and, and Melbourne Storm, but uh, we've all got them finishing first and uh, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, history um, doesn't repeat itself that that often. Uh, it's, it's a long time between drinks and in the salary cap era as well. You have to think that mm. no one has actually won three in a row in the, in the NRL format as it is. Today, yeah. not, not even the storm of cheating fame. So. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't able to do it with uh, with brown some, paper bags yeah, and uh, yeah, that's right, Hiluxes, etc. Yep. Let's talk about South Sydney. Uh, they finished seventh last year, although did make the prelim finals. Uh, they were really dominant in their wins over the Chooks and the Sharks in uh, in those elimination finals. Uh, Jason Demetrio was his first year last year as a head coach, so in his sophomore year, to use an American term, this year. Uh, they're probably the the lightest in terms of ins and outs. Um, mm. The the only sort of big in to that's worth talking about is Shaq Mitchell, who's up from New South Wales Cup. And uh, look, boys, you don't want to fat shame. You don't want to <laughs> fat shame in, in today's society. Yeah. The bloke was still kicking around and, and playing uh, New South Wales Cup uh, at 170 kgs, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is nuts to think that he was even getting through games of NRL and, uh, you know, in the eight interchange era at that yeah. weight, carrying that around. But he's really, really trimmed down. He's Latrell's older brother. A lot of people f- struggle to comprehend that. And he's 26. So, again, Latrell <laughs> has accomplished so much and he's 24. Yeah, Latrell's so, yeah. Uh, had a run in in uh, in the Indigenous All Stars. I think he played. He's played four first grade games for South as it is. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go with with brothers um, in in their their best seventeen. How tall is he? One ninety one. Yeah. So they've got his playing weight there listed at one eighteen. Now I was reading. I think I read it off his Wikipedia actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. So two thousand eight. Yeah, so, so it's not like he lost. 50 kilos last year. Yeah. It's mm. apparently he was playing for Wyong Roos uh, at 175 kg. He did say he lost uh, 25 kilos last year. So he's nuts. Hey. He's still a thousand, yeah. So And what goes, I suppose, what goes on in your head? Like at 25, 26, you're probably thinking, uh, the NRL's past me. Like, I'll, I'll just kick around and, you know, earn a bit of money playing New South Wales Cup, yeah. but but I'm yeah. never going to be my brother. And then something's got in, into his head and he's gone, oh, 
Fuck this! Like Souths are in a really good place at the moment. I want to be in that first grade mm-hmm. team, and uh, and yeah. he's he's dropped dropped all this weight, and uh, and looks like he, he could be a, a reasonable middle uh, in in the NRL. Mm. Speaking of, uh, their their forwards have been absolutely decimated through the preseason and last night. Uh, Saliva Havili has a foot tendon problem. He's out for a few months. Hamas Sele is out for a few weeks. And then uh, Jai Arrows had these um, recurrent hamstring problems. We saw that last night, as well as Tavita Totola having a head knock in the first 15 seconds and missing. So Shaq Mitchell might have to step up. For South, a bloke that will and did step up last night is Lachlan Ilias. Um, having that that big shoes to fill of Adam Reynolds looked okay at times last year. Yeah, well, he's got to take another another year, another step. He's mm. got to kind of fill that role uh, and be, I guess, uh, the serviceman. He's got to give the good service to uh, Walker and Mitchell and the, and the like because that's where all their points come from. So. Uh, if he can do that job and help those guys get into the right sort of spots they need to be, then they'll score a lot of points. That spine is very, very good. Yeah. Like even outside, you know, a 20-year-old being, being a seven, and we'll yeah. talk about the Chooks in a second because it's, yeah. it's kind of similar. Um, mm. But when you, any side with, with Trell Mitt, Cody Walker and Damien Cook's going to do a fair bit. And, do you know uh, he does beach brunts, sprints? Bro? Yeah, bro. He's a beach sprinter. <laughs> beach Wait, sprinter, what? bro. <laughs> Never heard that one before. <laughs> Anyone that's watched Live Golf, oh, do you know they don't get paid if they uh, – <laughs> um, I just said Live Golf. Anyone that's watched uh, Full Swing, Full Swing, do you know they don't get paid if they don't make the cut? Uh, live Golf, uh, Saudis are in my head. <laughs> I've heard their viewerships is well down as well. So yeah, struggling a little bit. Really. Mm, any golf inserted into South Sydney chat? Yeah, sorry. Uh, where do we see them I think finishing I this four? year, boys? Yeah, I've got them top four as well. Um, I, think I think four. No, I had him just out. You had, I had him fifth. You had him fifth. I've got him third yeah. uh, because I mm. think on their day, like, can can just play lights out rugby league. And Latrell Mitchell, when he wants to, um, you know, just just turn a game on its head, is is arguably the the most impactful player there is in the the NRL as it yeah. stands. I feel mm. South of all the teams are one of those teams that could go through the year up and down. Uh, but they'll they'll make the eight, and then when it comes final times, that's where you get to look out. So they're they're always you know they could win any game at any time. We haven't mm. even spoken about their skipper Cameron Murray. Uh, mm. You know, one of the, the, the toughest middles getting around. Yeah. Um, Kean Clone Matangi's on the verge of playing uh, Origin. Campbell Graham mm. um, scored a double last night. Had they're, well they're World Cup World Cup experience. Yeah, great yeah, they're they're very very good on paper. Um, I I expect reasonable things and you know in those tiers with with the chooks and penrith probably being tier one melbourne they're melbourne they're probably tier one and a half i'd, I'd have south just that little step probably behind them but i've yep. got them, i've got them actually finishing ahead of melbourne um in third place mm. um i've got a little bit overs of for them i have put them in at second yeah, yeah. um i think well Again, it's similar to Manly. Like, as long as they can keep their fullback healthy, mm. they'll do very well. Um, yeah, if they've got a healthy squad, they can win a lot of football games. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that being said, uh, Latrell Mitchell has gone in for scans on his knee. Um, yeah, saw him struggling a, a bit last night. A little yeah. bit of a niggle. Um, He's played with his knee taped up a fair bit as well. PCL. Mm. Yeah, so... Might be, it might be a different conversation next week if... if very if much Trell so, yeah. mits, Even if it's just a low-grade MCL and you miss your first four weeks... You know, with 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 Trell out, 
Um, yeah, if they go under 500, we, then. We saw, you know, we saw Blake Taft being an okay, you know, yeah. replacement, but not Latrell Mitchell. It, in fact, it, the, probably the gap between Turbo and Ruben Garrick, who was, who was stepping in for Manly last year, mm. is probably closer in talent with yeah. respect than the than the than the difference between Trell Mitt and, and Black Taft. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Uh hopefully it's nothing too serious there for, for Trell Mitt. Be- better question. Uh did Johnson play yesterday and did he score any tries? He played and I don't think he scored. <laughs> he was he's like a a dollar fifty to score uh per game, which if you got on ev- every game last year, you probably would have made a fair <laughs> yeah, bit of bank. Yeah. Uh I don't think he scored because Campbell Graham no. scored twice, yep. Kalama Matangi scored. Yep. Um Elias scored. Yeah, Elias. Sorry, yeah. scored first try. Yeah, if he gets another twenty this year, I think he goes number two. Yeah, so we're going to keep an eye on him. Uh, he, barring a, a horrific injury, will be the the top scorer in an aerial history. Yeah, he should definitely. Mm. Be. All right, boys. The moment we've been waiting for. Sean's been fucking. He's been. He's been pouring concrete in his boots, ready to kick this boot absolutely into our sides. <laughs> The only non-Dragons <laughs> fan on this panel. Uh, a lot of the media has the St. George Illawarra Dragons taking out the spoon mm-hmm. this year. They finished 10th yeah. last year, I believe. I said I'd take a gentleman's 10th, so I will take that at 12 and 12. Anthony Griffin might be the the coach that's under the most pressure externally mm-hmm. that there is in the NRL at the moment. They're paying 51 bucks to win the whole thing. That is uh, – that is the longest odds outside of teams called the Dolphins and the Knights. Yeah. Um, Who do they play today? They, well, play, no, they, the bye. they play the bye. <laughs> tough game. <laughs> tough lucky, game. Lucky for them. Come, come away with the win. Nice. Points, points difference of zero. Start to the season. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but we're ahead of Penrith on, on the ladder. <laughs> as so probably finish the season like that, I'd, I'd say. Uh, and, and actually a, a bit of a saving grace for the Dragons. The first five is – we don't play any kind of well beaters. Top eight teams. Yeah, in, in that first five. So hopefully get a few under the belt uh, as a Dragons f- tragic and uh, and sort of set up the season for, you know, a gentleman's 13th, I think, where I, yeah. where I have them this year. Well, I, I think that's a great point because they need to start well because if they don't start well in the first month and to the, to the lesser teams. Shit creek. Yeah, well, Griffin's gone. Uh, I think they've given mm. – I think reports are he's been given the month. Um, which you know is a tough thing to do. Like you, you got to start the season well, um, but you know they haven't started their off season well. We've already talked about the melee and Mudgy, and um, you know whether that ends up being as as bad for the club as uh, a certain barbecue was. I'm not sure. <laughs> Let, let's but, just <laughs> let's just clarify. We're talking about the melee and Mudgy facetiously yes. because I believe uh, melee uh, is like a brawl. It means like it's all in. I yeah. think it was maybe a Super Smash Brothers kind of iteration or, or uh, something. I yeah. think it was more like Latrell with the with uh, White and kind of wrestle was, was maybe more of what it was. Zane Musgrove, Michaela Ravalawa, few bevies. I don't yeah. think there was much <laughs> much in it. Yeah, from what I can tell. I think the more important thing is uh, the only people there were players. There was no one else at this mm. hotel, so someone's snitching. So, mm. uh, and, yeah. and why? And why to the media? Like, what are you getting out of that? So, you reckon there's a mole? Uh, Hands mole, man. Could <laughs> my point being is too many distractions. There's too much other shit going on at Dragons. Let's hope it doesn't end up uh, being their downfall. I think the entire season relies on Ben Hunt. Anything yep. happens to Ben Hunt, they are guaranteed a wooden spoon. Um, if he can play most of, if not all the season, I think they will probably avoid the spoon. Uh, but it's really up to him and how far he can carry this Dragons team 
this year. But uh, overall, they've really done nothing to get super better and they've lost a lot of talent. A lot of their young talent wants mm. out as well. Um, yeah, a lot of rooms there. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a tough year for my two Dragons fans down here and a very exciting one for myself <laughs> <laughs> when I can rub it in every week. What's, is, it, is it a sadist that uh, yeah. enjoys the suffering of others? That's well, I, I did talk about, you know, I was hoping the CBA wouldn't go through, et cetera, and that happened. So, you know, the, the saddest in me was hoping for the worst because rugby league, but anyway. Uh, I agree with you in that didn't do a heap to try to improve where they currently are. Jacob Little comes in to fill the big shoes of Andrew McCulloch. Uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, a thing that Hook did really quite well was was poaching a lot of his ex Bronco <laughs> yeah. mates. Um, so so McCulloch's hung up hung up the boots. Little, uh, you know, with respect, mm-hmm. is is a is a reasonable nine in mm-hmm. in the NRL. Had seventy odd games with the Tigers, but I don't think he's quite. Where, where Maka uh, was as a nine and then losing half his spine to very different circumstances in the lead up to the season um, has to really take a toll on on the way that you plan for the year, on the morale amongst the players. Cody Ramsey, uh, no fault of his own, has ulcerative colitis, a horrible gut disease. Um, they've put a line in him uh, yeah. for, for the season and it's kind of – Let's think about his health long term, and it's a plus if he plays the, the, the worry is rug, career, rugby league again. So um, you know we Wish shout a, we we shout a beer mm. on this on this. I don't know what you shout for ulcerative colitis, a fucking yakult or something like. Yeah. Hopefully, it's probably on waters and that's it. Yeah, hopefully you know he's he's got the best medical team around mm. him and, and just taking mm. really good care of of him as a person, not just as a footy player uh, moving forward. And then kind of the opposite end of the spectrum a really talented guy in in junior Mone, um who who was wearing that six jersey and and didn't look that out of place uh, last year in a few games um j- he's been stood down indefinitely over and it's the nrl's you know no fault Top policy off. so it's no three strikes anymore you get yourself into off-field drama which uh which young uh junior did swinging a hammer at people or some, something something <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes. Along those lines, um, it's not great visuals, but yeah, no rugby no. league and a rugby league. So you've got you've got this, you know, world beating halfback yeah. and and went close to being a Dally M winner in Ben Hunt, and then you've you've brought in a new nine, and then half of your yeah. the rest of your spine sort of so, sort of goes. Um, it's going to be a lot of pressure on Tyrell Sloan and Jaden Sullivan, who will be wearing the one and the six. Sloan is very talented. Yeah, um, and but Sloan wants out, so well that's uh, the, the, that's the news. Yeah, well, he said he wants out, and they won't <laughs> let him go. <laughs> that is the news. <laughs> they've said that in, in paper. <laughs> he said, "I want out," and they've said, "No, <laughs> uh, we're not releasing you." Um, so yeah, it's I don't know. It's it just seems like there's too many cons, you know, building in that list uh, than there are pros, and there's only one pro, and it's Ben Hunt. So yeah, um, let, let's hope for the for your two sakes that they can. Uh, at least have a couple wins this year. So, something has to be said of a club when three players rock up to your awards. Yes, yes it was at a bad time. Yes, yeah. they did it too late and a lot of people wanted to fuck off to Bali or, or yeah. wherever. But three? Yeah, well, I think you three. Know, 
a lot of people hate the front yeah. office, you know, back and forth. I was thinking this as you were talking about, you know, the NFL's PAs just done their team report cards. The commanders. Yeah, I'd be, you know, <laughs> all Fs across the board. I'd be interested to in see if the, the NRL would do something similar. And, and what, you know, as in, like, how are the clubs treating their players and what do the players think of mm. the club they're playing for? Who's got the bad report card? Because, um, mm. you know, it feels like the Dragons would be the commanders at this point. Systemic racism from the top there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyone that knows the NFL and, and Dan yeah, yeah. Snyder uh, might appreciate that one. Yeah. As, a, as a Dragons fan, you got to look at the positives. Always look at the bright side of life. Silver Linings playbook. So Bradley Cooper, very good looking. Uh, yeah, so uh, do, do you have uh, a Ben Hunt portrait in your house then? <laughs> it's actually in the basement. It's where, where, where I go oh, to the for, 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 my, for my special yeah. time. <laughs> no, um, look, looking at the positives, I think the, the left and the right edges uh, are actually up there with, with one of the more formidable yeah. in the mm-hmm. NRL. Uh, Zach Lomax and Jack Bird on one side. Moses Suley, who really the Dragons kind of gave him a bit of a lifeline mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. uh, really sort of developed into into a reasonable centre and, and Jaden Sewer um, on, on that right edge. Uh, but we, we flog it to death on this podcast. It doesn't really matter what your outside backs and what your edge back rowers are doing if yeah, one, no. set, one, six, seven, nine aren't yeah. No platform, no elite. service, no yeah. points. Exactly right. And then, yeah, the other big positive is, is Ben Hunt. Um, mm. if, if he goes mm. down, may God have mercy on our soul. <laughs> you know, the last rites, uh, you know, whatever the, the exorcist says to um, to demons uh, to, to keep them at bay. Did he play with a broken arm or a broken leg last year? Uh, he, leg, fibula, I believe. Crazy. Yeah, so toughness, you know, we spoke about Munster, yeah. Munster and, and Hunt. Uh, you know, they're all country Queensland boys and, and, yeah, exactly. and they're just built different, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, how did he go during the origin period? Yeah, really good. <laughs> we'll talk about the Knights in a second, but uh, but Ponga and and Hunt, they they when you put elite talent around them, it, yeah. it really brings out how good a, a rugby league footballer they okay. are. Look, boys, uh, this is completely off the off the back of my own personal investment. <laughs> I have them finishing fourteenth. I actually thought I thought I had them thirteenth, but I think I bumped the Warriors <laughs> above them. I've got them fourteenth. Warriors uh, look good the other day. Yeah, with the, with the Titans, Knights, and Finns below them. Uh, mm. Looking at that team list. There is no reason to justify, like if I went through one one through 17 and, and gave each player grades, there's probably no reason that those other three teams should be below them mm-hmm. um, when, when it's all wrapped up. The thing that I've also got in, in my favour and in the Dragons have got in their favour mm-hmm. is the last few years everyone's like Dragonspoon. Dragon Spoon, they're terrible clubs in disarray and they've mm. put in performances. So you're saying this year is the gonna, it's going to happen? <laughs> well, <laughs> they've, put, they've put in performances <laughs> where they've played overs. Yeah, yeah. They've played yeah. overs and, no, and they've continued to do it. And the club, St George, uh, the last time they won a spoon was in the th- 1930s and mm. I don't think the Illawarra Steelers ever got one. Yeah. So I think I, I think <laughs> history – They've never had one before. They're mm. never going to have one. <laughs> yeah, but well, you also – you know the reason why they're playing overs – because they've got Ben Hunt. So, you know, he, he's, he's really carrying that team and putting them on their back. Um, <laughs> Build a statue. Yeah. Well, That's it. Pr- probably going to need to if they avoid the spoon this year with Ben Hunt. So Build a nice looking statue. <laughs> Hopefully not the uh, people that sculpted that Ronaldo statue. <laughs> yeah. which which Not the first one. <laughs> yeah, yes. it looks like my eight-month-old eight daughter could, could have made that one better. Uh, but Ben Hunt statue in Dolby. Uh, no, mm-hmm. the Dol- no, Dingo, I think he's from. Ding- mm-hmm. The town of Dingo. Mm-hmm. The Dingo, Stonewall Town uh, in Queensland and a uh, statue at the front of, uh, of Wynn Stadium for Ben Hunt. Yeah. Monks, you any more bullish than me? 
So less, we've we've got bullish. a 17 and a yeah. 14. Where did you go? Yeah, we did We did talk about this last week um, where I had uh, Dolphins at 15, the Knights at 17. Yeah. Uh, Dragons will fit in right between there at number 16. And that, um, that speaks volumes when a fan has got, let's not get the spoon. Let's, let's not <laughs> set the bar too yeah. high here. We'll, That's it. We'll, just, get, we'll, we'll think, just avoid it. I think I set the bar as making the eight last season <laughs> just, just for fun. It wasn't, but, um, wasn't far off. <laughs> true. Um, yeah, culture of the team, I think, just taken a massive hit over the last couple of years, um, probably since the barbecue. So we, we could say, and as well as off-season, it could go either way as well. And we, they haven't played. We'll see in the coming, yeah. coming weeks what it looks like. Yeah, they could really fall off the cliff or maybe it steals them together and they play better, but we will see. You did have those opening uh, rounds up. If you've got that tab still open, they actually yes. don't play a really good rugby league team for, for a few months. So Titans next next Sunday into yeah. Broncos. That's, Broncos a bit, that's, that's a bit scary. Uh, actually, Sharks Shark, well, Shark's Sharks, scary. Shark, <laughs> Sharks are a really good rugby league team, but then if you go forward through there, Dolphins, Titans again, Raiders. So... Yeah. I hope that there's a couple of wins there to just instill a bit of confidence yes. and, and just say, look, we're not the worst team in the NRL this I, year. I think yep. the Finns is a good test there. Yep. Yeah. If, if they lose the Finns, that's where you go, all right, season's done. Well, what else can I do? Even <laughs> next, this time next Sunday, that, that's at home, is it not? The first game against the Titans? Yeah. Yeah. So so, so coming off, you know, the, the long break, uh, being – that, that's interesting as well, the way that the scheduling works, have the buy and then be the last team mm. to, to play. So it means they'd get a look at, yeah. at what everyone's doing. Yeah. To to play them, um, you know, at, at, at Jubilee Stadium there, the, the you know, traditional home of, of the St. George Dragons mm. um, against the Gold Coast Titans team who, who they were able to beat late last year. Mm. Um, who admittedly have gotten better, um, but if they, if they can just set the tone next week, that'll be interesting. Yeah, that's it. And then Griffin will probably get the axe sometime during the season, so you count that for another win the week <laughs> after as well. Yeah, that's right. Well, if this podcast has shown us anything, you set your coach, you win the next week. It's and nice then break. and then after that, it's, uh, it's a bit how you're going. One final point on our Dragons, we'll probably spend a little bit more time on them than we will for other teams, but this is a, a big, big year for the senior players that mm. – that you know, a uh, uh, borderline origin calibre, have played origin in the yeah. past, in, in Jack DeBellin, you know, went through his off-field dramas, had had close to two years outside of, of the NRL. In Zach Lomax, who lots of people think if he can get those little errors, you know, those flick passes that, that miss, if he can get that out of his game, you know, Jack Bird, those kind of guys, if they can really step up and 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 play overs and a few of those younger guys sort of mm. sort of take in that experience and uh and learn from them, uh yeah, maybe we can get to that that gentleman's sort of thirteenth, fourteenth sort of not laughing stock kind of kind of um gear. That's a big mm. worry. If you if you looked at all the teams, you, you kind of have a concern that the uh, dragons might end up being a laughing stock. You can see it going wrong very, very quickly. And if the, if the dolphins win two games this year, you, you'll be like, oh well, they're a new team kind exactly. of thing. It's not a a, yeah. a team with a hundred years of history. Mm-hmm. Got, they haven't got much to prove. Yeah, yeah. Talking the other end of the spectrum, let's talk about the Sydney Roosters. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have got them minor premiers or, or top two, top three. They did finish sixth last year, although. Pretty injury ravaged. Yep. They won 15 games. They're paying five bucks fifty to win the whole thing under Trent Robinson, who's won two of the things himself. Uh, and they bring in the cheese. Uh, you know, one of the biggest characters in the NRL, and people kind of forget mm-hmm. how good a footballer he he actually is because he's kind mm. of 
that larrikin, yeah. um, you know, off-field funny kind of kind of bloke. Uh, they bring in Corey Allen, who looks like he'll he'll um, play a bit um, on the wing there, and then Jake Turpin, I think, is kind of the this backup to to the cheese because yeah. uh, they part ways with Sammy Verrills to the Titans. Boys, it can't you can't talk about the Chooks without talking about sombreros and mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> Salary caps and brown paper bags and whatever else has been alleged. It does seem <laughs> unusual that they can bring in already, you know, that they're playing this afternoon and Dom Young and Spencer Lenu are coming in next year. Mm-hmm. Um, is it just people just want to go play for the Chooks because it's a great organisation or is there a little bit of dodgy stuff going on? Is it a bit of both? Yeah, hard, hard to say. It, it, by all accounts, though. Uh, the reports for Daniel Tupu, who might be he gets moved on uh, so, uh, as a potential, you know, cut in the salary cap. But you, you look at, I think they did the report of uh, what the guys are getting play, paid and what they would actually be worth on the open market. The Roosters by far were the most ex- mm. expensive team then um, with guys getting paid unders in that in that regards. But, uh, you know, you go to the Roosters to win comps. That's where they're at. And, um I was thinking about this during the week, uh, Trent Robinson. You know, when does he start entering that conversation with Wayne and and Bellamy as being one of the greatest coaches of all time? Um, they they win the whole thing this year. You can you can yeah, insert him in there. Yeah, because mm. he's he's won plenty of comps and he's won a lot of football games with the Roosters, and especially you know even uh, with the turnover at halfback, as you use an example. You know, going from Pierce to to Cronk to um, now to Walker, they're still finding ways to win football games and being, you know, the top four perennials. Like, it, it, it's crazy to think. Um, and there's always chat already that, you know, maybe they'll throw a lifeline to um, uh, Big Napper as well to, to, to come back. And, you know, he's he's had a couple of rough years, but he'd come back to the Roosters and he'll play overs, of course. So, uh, yeah, I don't know about their books and about Sambreros and Mercedes and Hiluxes, etc. but... <laughs> Um, they seem to know how to do the job and uh, you know, get the talent in the door on the cheap. They actually on 360 did a breakdown of, of what they think everyone's on and it, the numbers didn't quite add up. But uh, look, you could say the same thing about Penrith. Uh, they just don't historically have that, uh, you know, buying players mm. from but from, you, from elsewhere you also con- look kind at, of... Uh, but they've lost Crichton... Um, uh, Appy and a kick out for that reason, because which is what we're saying about when we, we spoke about Penrith is yeah. that they're a victim of their own success, yeah, whereas it seems like the Chooks seem to buy their own success. Yeah. Anyways, all speculation <laughs> aside, you look at one through seventeen, and they look like a really good rugby league yeah. team. You look at that spine with Brandon Smith coming in, and uh, you've mm. got Teddy and, and former, uh, you know, NRL premiership winner in Luke Keary uh, mm-hmm. after you know, getting a bit of run back in the legs last season. I think the question is, is can a 20-year-old Sammy Walker lead this team to to winning the comp this year? He'll be 21, I think, in June. Um, he's, he's offensively, like when, when they're attacking, he shows these little bits of individual brilliance, which it's maybe it's too big a comparison, but young Benji Marshall kind of comes to mind. But then defensively, are they able to hide him? Well, well enough. That's the thing. And, you know, they've uh, – who they put next to him? You know, is it Victor Radley, et cetera? Yeah. Like some, they've got, they've got <laughs> the bodyguard. Yeah. They've got Kevin Costner. <laughs> exactly. And I will always love you. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
growing up watching Lockyer play six and then having um, uh, Tony Carroll standing next to him yeah. as very yeah. much in that role as I, I help. You know, I'm covering two spots here just to make sure that you're not getting taken out of the game. Mm. Like, yeah, mm. you, you know, Trent Robinson knows how to how to coordinate that, so I think he'll be able to protect Sam uh, as much as possible. Um, I got a question maybe on Kiri. Does he play six, or maybe does Joey jump into that? Joey Manu, um, you know, take that spot over. Do they see him as the six long term? Um, Great question. There's some, I think- be some chat about that, and then because then they can. Uh, have a you know play with the the backs and you know get some of the other guys in there, freeze them up, and maybe that's a, their better thirteen overall. Like, I think that's sti- I think that's a bit stiff. It or, is different. I, I have I've seen I've also yeah. seen that that comparison or that mm. that idea. And Manu when he plays six, his his record is is yeah. impeccable. Well, when he got hurt um, uh, last year against South in that first game, and then didn't play in the second one, and they lost, mm. um, he, he was really the difference. Like mm. you, you'd see that. He, his, his value, which was interesting because I think he was playing centre at that point, but he, you see what he does uh, in their structures and in, in their back line for scoring points is just really important. Can't fault him. I've got him second. Plus they're paying him a fuckload. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's on that six money <laughs> yeah. as a centre. Yeah. Um, I think when we started this podcast, we used to talk about Joey Manu. Joey Manu, the, the most underrated centre in the NRL. Is he the most underrated six in, in the yeah, NRL underrated player, just he just. You know, I think he's got his just desserts now. In in that people recognise how yeah, he, how yeah. fucking good he is. Yeah. Um, I and my final point, sorry on the on the Roosters. Um, you know, the big missing, the big lacking last year was they didn't have you know probably a hooker to to go with where the club wanted to be at, and uh, cheese could be the difference. Besides all the injuries, they can stay healthy yeah. and you know have that position. Yeah, like you said before, they're top to bottom one of the better rosters in the league. Two? You got uh, them second? Yes, I think they were two for me. Monks? Uh, well, I you, you had someone else too. Yeah. 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 yeah, he had South. You had South, South too. Yeah. yeah. So two, yeah. two, three. But yeah, very much could easily switch those two around as well. That brings us into the West Tigers and maybe the most interesting to talk team to talk about this year. The mm. Wooden Spooners from last year, 4-20, and 20, Blaze it. Most improved maybe? Uh, yeah, well, I think the, in terms of the recruiting, uh, I think, yeah, they, they did the best in, in terms of getting names over there to play under Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall. Yep. Is that going to be beneficial mm. or well, does – Have you heard the chat during the week? I have, There's yeah. been a bit of, bit of back and forth, a bit of cultural differences. And I guess – as, pro- as per the mainstream media, as yeah. per Nita Story. Yeah, <laughs> as per Buzz Rothfield. So, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, it's probably maybe something there because, you know, Tim Sheens is going to be the older kind of style. Mm. That's his background, whereas Benji's, you know, played under him and now is, you know, technically I guess a young fellow in, um, when it comes to coaching ranks uh, and playing in this millennium. So, yeah, they probably will have differences. But – Knowing them and knowing that I think Robbie Farah is there as well, but mm. between them they'll figure out what they need to do and hopefully put put together the better, best club they can. You'd think those three though would relatively be on the same page though. Yeah, like. and that's where I think oh well, a little news story that comes out this week that there's you know been disharmony or or, or the, whatever. The way I, read I, that, I don't buy into it. The way mm. I read into that is maybe Sheen's um, being the tough nut maybe went after him and. Benji's like, oh, maybe these boys need more of a cuddle than you getting stuck in them. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I would see the only real difference and why where they kind of come culturally. But who knows? If you're not in mm. that dressing room, um, <clears throat> if you're not there with the cameras on all season like they were last year, yeah. uh, you, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to tell. 
And True. every team has a coach and assistant coaches. The, just the, the name value of Benji and Robbie yes. Farrer and them being younger yeah. is why people Unproven are talking about it. Yeah, I feel like, and again, from the outside looking in, I've got no idea yeah, how, I, how I, it actually works day to day. Exactly. And I think the Tigers probably have the same problem that the – uh, dragons do that they've got too many snitches over there that guys <laughs> selling headlines um, you know that's always been a problem I guess out of Tigerland as I know the club's heavily run by previous players um, that obviously like to talk a little bit so let's talk about on paper the mm-hmm. ins and outs because it seems uh, like like the ins that they've got uh, should bode uh, to su- some some success I think some success would be not coming last Can we talk uh, about would, the first one yeah, Johnny Bateman. Yeah, interesting. He's still not here. Ah, so I thought he was here but wasn't playing this weekend because he couldn't. Yeah, well, I think that they. Chase up, is he in the country? Yeah, well, I think they reckon maybe he's going to miss a month or so. I think he's got a calf injury. And uh-huh. uh, Tigers may not have known about it when they signed him. And mm. there's like maybe a little bit of back and forth. Tigers maybe trying to keep it a bit hush hush that they didn't fuck up and you know, pay overs for a dude that might miss a large portion of the season. Um, so, yeah, that was the recent rumours, again, out of Tigerland that there's um, – Bateman still hasn't uh, hasn't appeared. I saw a picture of him uh, not long ago. Didn't look like he was in the shape that he was in when he was sort of tearing it up for the Raiders either, but he's always been that undersized sort of edge forward from the north of England yeah. who just sort of plays bigger than he is. Yeah. Um, I thought he was in the country, but I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. See how you go with that. Uh, an edge back rower who's definitely in the country and is ready to rip and tear is Isaiah Papali'i mm-hmm. uh, coming across from the Eels. It's it's funny to imagine that the Warriors uh, didn't really want him two years ago and then he goes over on, on peanuts to, to the Eels yes. and became – Anyone that plays Supercoach or NRL Fantasy, uh, one of one of their favourites over the last few years. Coaching, bro. He's yeah, he's he's got to make an impact straight away. I I would think. Yeah, I agree. And uh, then Appy Corus out, Dave Clemmer. Yep. What do you think? What do you think about Appy getting the getting the yeah, I'm not skipper sure he, straight away? And yeah. uh, well, especially after his comments, <laughs> posts. Can't wait. Finals. Can't wait to go to the Tigers. Yeah. <laughs> he was also. Allegedly hammering yeah, his deep at that yeah, stage. Yeah, hammered, so. <laughs> yeah, but there's, you know, there's that li- liquid truth. So Maybe, yeah. Uh, I think for it's a young – again, it's a young club. Uh, he's a veteran coming off uh, winning uh, premierships. So um, I, I don't I don't doubt it. And if the boys, you know, part of that decision, they probably wanted him. So uh, he's a big in for them. Lose a few blokes who, who are, are – Reasonable um, first graders in the NRL. James Tamau, probably uh, a big one going over to the Cowboys. We spoke about Little um, going uh, to the Dragons, but obviously yeah. with respect to Jacob Little, you'd probably prefer Appy Corusau. And Jackson Hastings, who actually played really well last year, I think. He goes to the Knights, but uh, if Dewey and Brooks are healthy, that's probably your best six and seven there at the mm. West Tigers. So T- Tamau was an interesting one because he'd prefer to retire than play for the West Tigers. Um, mm. So that you know, what does that mean for that club? And you, they did struggle to get guys, uh, but then they made a, a lot of these deals. You know, Papa Lili is like Willie really backflip, etc. Mm. So they've managed to, to keep them in there. And I, I guess uh, bringing in uh, Sheens and Benji to be the coaches, you kind of helped uh, solidify the, yeah. that, that 
they would go. But yeah, there's been some trouble in Tigerland. Um, they need these guys to come in and they need to perform. And then hopefully with um, you know Sheen's at the helm, they can uh, win some win some matches. Any news on Johnny Bateman? Yeah, yeah, no, he's in the country. Um, I think there were reports of an injury, um, but he had um, scans in England and they um, did independent scans when he came across to Australia and they all cleared. Um, only reason he's, well, according to the chairman, only reason he's not playing this weekend is just because he hasn't acclimatised to the team. Um, so whether that's all just smoke. <laughs> Let's come back on a month and see if he's yeah. <laughs> That's it. We'll see you next week. Um, yeah, but, yeah, seems to be all just smoke at the moment. Both got them finishing 11th, which would be drastic improvement, although not quite there just yet. Yeah, is that, I think we're kind of seeing will they take a similar step to some of those clubs that did last year. Um, don't think they'll do what the Cowboys did, um, but I think they're improved from where they were last year and they should be better. Um, uh, I, I th- who's that six? I can't remember. Dewey. Dewey. Who missed a lot of football last year. Yeah, and he's probably their best player in their squad. Um, and if he can get together and, um, you know, with the help of Appy get the – kind of support and service he needs, then uh, that'll go a long way to them being a much better football club this year. Mm. Marks, where you got them? Uh, I got them just behind you guys, uh, 13th. Yeah. Yep. I think it's purely on ends. Um, let's hope mm. they don't go the way of recent Tiger teams and uh, be battling for the spoon. They can't. Like, with those blokes coming in, you, you can't, you think you can't so. see them. You wouldn't <laughs> think so, but Tigers have done uh, silly things. Tigers things. I think we just really quickly run through round mm. one because we've kind of alluded of it, to yeah. most of it. But Melbourne mm. get their um, their last minute win uh, in Golden Point against Parramatta. Para pretty good uh, throughout that one. Harry Grant better, <laughs> yeah, uh, sealing the deal there. The Storm haven't lost in round one for twenty years. That is ridiculous. Warriors beat Newcastle over there in New Zealand. Uh, I think that will bode well for them this year, being able to play at home. Uh, Mitch Barnett yeah. and Chance Nickel Clockstart so good looking good in that one. Can can we talk a little bit about Ponga? Um, yeah, because because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's been a very evident from from round one so far. Um, the light head knocks and going sent off for HIA. Mm. So Ponga got sent off with 11 minutes to go to do his head injury assessment. It was fine and they were sending back out, but mm. you have a mandatory 10 minutes. Uh, happened to Capewell and it happened to Chris um, mm. as well, mm. uh, where Richard, really it's a slap on the face and they've gone off. Um, so uh, I think there's probably been a directive to be very careful with it at the start of the year, maybe whether that lightens up, but it's – it's interesting that, yeah, even a light touch um, was sending guys to get uh, reviewed for HI assessments. Um, and most of those ones that I saw, they came back into the match. So, mm. But, you know, losing it, it's not a equivalent of a sim bin, but it's pretty close. Well, it's quite, yeah. Yeah, imagine yeah. if, uh, you know, Nathan Cleary with a game on the line, mm. uh, they slap him on the chin so he's got to sit down for 10 minutes mm. um, with nothing yeah. wrong. Like, it's it's interesting. Um Part of the conspiracy in me, uh, you know, the NRL season bitching about the CBA and health and being retired players and stuff like that. So the oh, we'll take the nth degree, any head knock, you got to go off. So, well, <coughs> let's talk about that in the in the Cowboys Raiders game where Sticky actually made that comparison. Yep. Where where Seb Chris had to go off for for a HIA and he made some scathing comments uh, mm-hmm. regarding the the players' association and the NRL in general, saying um, you know the 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 RLPA they just want to talk about um, having more time off and more more mm-hmm. dollars and and people going off for these 
HIAs, but they're happy for him to play in, you know, sweltering heat at 4.30 in in yeah. March. Yeah. And, and he made the comparison that that's maybe worse for the for the players' welfare. I don't know where I stand on that, but it's definitely become apparent from these first six games that uh, they're, they're really um, taking a hard-line approach when it comes to, to HIAs. Yeah. And I, I did see three shoulder charges over the weekend and only one resulted in a sim bin. Mm. Uh, so Rapana and Felt I think might be um, – up for potential uh, fines, if not suspensions, from from their hits. But well, with Rapana because he has priors, priors he's, he's looking definitely. at three weeks. Yeah, he's looking at three weeks. So there goes the argument mm. of Rapana playing one for the Raiders. Yeah. It's going. Well, it's going to be Seb Chris and and Sticky said that as well. It's going to be Seb Seb Chris until Xavier Savage is is ready. Yeah, I, I think uh, talking to my insider, the old man, um, <laughs> saying <laughs> deep in in uh, in Raiders HQ. <laughs> Uh, that Rapana basically said, um, give it to Chris, I'm too old uh, yeah. to play, play one, which is, I guess, fair. Like mm-hmm. he, He's doing the team of souls. Like I'm not really um, – can play 80 minutes as a fullback. Though when he was covering for Chris um, in that period, when, you know, a fresh Rapana, he looked pretty deadly in yeah. that second half for, for, the, for the Raiders at one and helped to get in the, them back into that game against the Cowboys. But, yeah, like 80 minutes of a fullback would probably kill Rapana. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see why he's, he's – done the, the good thing and said, yeah, give, give one of the young fellas a go at one because I'm too old for your shit. <laughs> Manly uh, convincing winners up there at Four Points Park against Canterbury. Uh, DCE, his first ever hat-trick mm-hmm. uh, in the NRL, mm-hmm. albeit the last one being an intercept on the last play. Uh, and then we've got to talk a bit about South. Um, mm-hmm. They they were two men down early uh, with Dry Arrow and Tavita Totola um, and and – were much better than, than the Cronulla Sharks. Um, Wade Graham having 10 in the bin for his high shot. He's probably looking at some time on the sidelines. Yep. Uh, mm. And uh, maybe the funniest thing in this game was the, the Tim Sue um, jersey uh, controversy. <laughs> yeah. where, He's swapping it. <laughs> well, Nico, he was wearing a South jersey and they interviewed him and then Nico obviously can't play so he's got to – Come and you know get, yeah. get a few laughs. Gave him a sharks jersey and then ended up putting it on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, and he admitted that he is a bit of a bandwagon because uh, he used to go for the knights and they were crap. So he, <laughs> he, he jumped on the south bandwagon. Yeah, they won a premiership now. Switch. So has a world yeah. title fight next week, which yes. we'll speak about. Yes. Oh, because he had that one fight that um got uh cancelled. So I'm not sure what belt he's fighting for. But, yes, we'll talk about that next week. Boxing, I don't actually know. All the belts. Yeah, all the belts. Pokemon. Got to <laughs> catch them all. Uh, <laughs> two games this afternoon. Uh, the Dolphins will make their debut against the Roosters. I hope that it's not too much of a bloodbath, but I would think the, the, the Chooks get the job done there. And then I'm really quite interested in seeing how these West Tigers go uh, against the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, poor Bo Firma, who had a really standout year last year, did his ACL in, I think, their final training session, yes. which is heartbreaking. Uh, so so hopefully he has a good recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think the day Fafita news, he's Mrs. Poo the move to Canberra. So uh, Brisbane, they're now back in the in the Ooh. conversation. So uh, the Queensland sombrero, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, you know, late charge there. Titans want to keep him. Uh, Brisbane, I don't know why, considering where their back row is at currently. Um, you know, they're paying Ricky good money. They've got Carrigan there, like Capewell. Cape, exactly. Um, I don't know, see the fit, but anyway. Um, they obviously want him back on the books. 
Were you chasing up anything there, Monks, or are we ready to go over to America? No, I think we're ready to take a flight. Let's go. Sydney to LAX. Curry, Curry sets, fires, puts it up. Bang! Few records broken during the week. So Clay mm. Thompson had 12 three-pointers in uh, their win against the Rockets. It's actually the third time he's done it. No one has done it three times before. Uh, so him, him and Steph had done it twice. A few people had done it twice. And uh, mm-hmm. he sort of said tongue-in-cheek that it was nice to have a record that Steph doesn't have. <laughs> <laughs> he's carrying them at the moment. Uh, still a lot of uncertainty as to how long Steph Curry is going to be out. Um, they're, they're still winning some games. Uh, you'd think they're in a much better position than the Los Angeles Lakers, mm-hmm. who we'll talk about in a second. But are they leaving their run too late? Time will tell. Yeah. Um, a team that's obviously been bolstered with the addition of Kevin Durant, who made his debut during the week. I think he scored 23 points in 24 minutes yep. um, in the in the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker actually uh, became the franchise, franchise record holder for three-pointers in uh, Suns history. Mm-hmm. And then what about <laughs> lighting that beam, boys? <laughs> <laughs> they do good. They, they do can score good. points. Yeah. They can really score points. Uh, this one was a double OT game uh, against the Clippers. They win by a point, 176 to 175. Uh, someone should have told the boys that the All-Star game was last week. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, De'Aaron Fox had 42. Malik Monk uh, had 40, uh, 45, which is wild, like considering who else uh, uh, kits out for the for the Clippers. PG-13 um, had 44. Um, I think they're leg- – like, I don't know if they're going to win the whole thing, but they will they should go reasonably deep uh, when it comes to, to playoff time in the West, the, the Kings. That would be a very Kings thing to do to win it all after we poo-pooed them. And made fun of their beam that they wouldn't be turning it on very is much. It a Kings thing or is it an Ondieski thing? Yeah, <laughs> Could you imagine if the Sacramento Kings are the champions <laughs> of the NBA? Like, weirder things have happened. Leicester, Leicester yeah, won the APL. Yeah. Like that would look. It's probably it's probably not five thousand to one like Leicester, but it's it's up there. Yeah. Again, we're still a few months off of playoff time. I'm sure plenty of teams have looked good and finished third in the West and fizzled out pretty quickly. So, look, they keep shining that beam, baby. Uh, Julius Randle and his Knicks continue to look okay. And uh, we saw some crazy finishes. It actually happened two two days in a row, wasn't it, with full-court shots that went in. Just after the buzzer. Yeah, the buzzer, the the, uh, backboard was just lighting up red. So... Uh, yeah. Joel Embiid did it um, against a, against the Celtics. He had forty one in a losing effort there, and then it was PG thirteen as well. The, mm-hmm. the next day mm-hmm. that did it there. Mm. Let's have a look uh, at the East Monks, if you wouldn't mind scrolling up slightly. There, the Celtics and Bucks have really sort of solidified themselves there. It's a five game lead, is it between four and a half between the Celtics and 76ers in third. Cavs, Knicks, Nets all looking okay. That is the top six as it stands. You'd imagine the Heat Keep jump the, the Brooklyn Nets. Two is having uh, a great time at the Nets. Mikel Bridges, jeez, mm-hmm. he's he's really taking that uh, that probably number one role uh, under his under his wing there for the Brooklyn Nets. The Hawks, Raptors, Wizards, Bulls, Pacers, Magic, all very tight. So five games separate all of them around about that 500 down to 0.422. Do we see any of them bothering anyone in the East late? Probably not. Let's get – 
Oh, you want to keep talking East? Or? No, no, I was just say I saw someone else had a very long losing streak and I can't remember if it was the Pistons with seven or uh, was it? No, they've obviously broken it. Someone the, had a, like a, another 14. The Spurs had a massive one and yeah. then I bet on a team to beat them and <laughs> they won. <laughs> yeah. so, so of course. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Yeah. The Spurs, the Spurs did break a long losing, they had a long losing streak. I thought, I thought there was another one that was following that had a similar, just as bad losing streak. But anyway, uh, it was the Pacers. The, they beat the Pacers. Uh, the Nugs, uh, they're going to finish first. Um, it's it's ridiculous. I think Jokic went past a hundred triple doubles uh, this this week and in, still in his career. Undefeated this year on triple doubles as well. It's a wild stat. It's a wild mm. wild stat. Mm. He had a triple dub today and it was uh, yesterday and it was like an 18, 18, 10, like didn't score many points, but they get the win. Yeah. They get the win. win. That's all that matters. Uh, the Grizz, how are they going to respond to the Jar Morant yeah. mop of the week? Uh, that's probably their biggest concern, you know, it's a little up and coming podcast in Australia, yeah. giving, giving their superstar a mop. But uh, in all seriousness, um, he, he really is the heart and soul of that team. It just stands as two games at the moment, but uh, if there ends up being criminal charges, that may all change. Yeah. Uh, mm. Hard to say. They did play okay with him, with him missing last year as well. Mm. So uh, we'll have to see uh, how they kind of progress as, as the weeks start to roll in. But it's probably the worst time for it. Especially when you're trying to stay, you know, keep pace with the Nuggets, and then also um, got guys really chasing you down as well, like the Kings, Suns, Warriors, even down to the Mavs now. With mm. um, you know, they're all all could be hunting you down, and very quickly you could go from two down to uh, you know seven eight. So with the Clippers there at five hundred with yeah. with Russ coming in and and reteaming with with PG thirteen, and mm. yeah, we we kind of spoke about it when when uh, the trade was announced. Um, you know, last pod, but uh, they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. They look pretty good. Mm-hmm. They're they're with uh, the former MVP Russ dishing out dimes. Um, it's kind of it's a bit more wide open. You'd you'd think in the West, like in the East, it's like Celtics, Bucks, and who. Yeah. You know, is is actually gonna yeah, actually six exactly sixes, exactly. Sixes. Whereas whereas in the West, you know, you've got the the Warriors there without without Steph sitting there in fifth. Um, you know, we spoke about Clay and and how good he's been for him, but yeah, yeah. Well, when, when go, Steph comes ago, back, they were in tenth, weren't they? So they yeah, you know, they made the start in their running exactly, <laughs> you know, kind of exactly where we thought they would. Mm. Um, so they've really really started to to move, whereas. I guess this is where we wanted the Lakers to see it, and they kind of started to make a run as well. But then um, I guess LeBron is the, the big out uh, and probably going to miss um, most of March. You yeah. had an article up there, didn't you, uh, yes. Monks, about about LeBron? Um, you know, we had his jersey up. It's he's had a had a record year in, in becoming the the most accomplished player in terms of scoring points in the NBA history, but. This team just really struggles without without him. It's a big load for AD to carry. I don't know if he can, and uh, if he's missing all of March, like this is kind of moving month in in the NBA. Um, I look, they're they're only a couple games out of out of play in there, but I I, I don't see it happening. Yeah, I, I think it'd be more of the case of one of those other teams in front of them um, shitting the bed, shitting the bed. Well, like, speaking of the the Pelicans, at you know just before Christmas were on top of the yeah, West. Yeah, so true. You know, you forget that pretty quick. That, yeah. yeah, and and they they have been going south pretty quick. So well, Clippers there the, and the jazz, the jazz started well. You know, back back yeah. in September October. So and Clippers have lost five straight. So it's uh, you know 
I think it'd be more one of those three, uh, not doing enough, and the, and say the Lakers can do just enough, and they might sneak in. So, uh, but yeah, they're looking at tenth. Is kind of what I'm getting at. They they want one of those three to falter, so they can maybe sneak in there. Mm. LeBron update. Uh, so yeah, so he missed two games and expected to. Well, will be reevaluated um, in three weeks' time. So could could miss a fair chunk of so time. So that's yeah, minimum three three weeks. That's yeah. you're looking at twelve games. Yeah. Did yeah. you see the interesting video with him and Mahomes? Because after the, he won the Mahomes won the Super mm. Bowl, so their first I think it was the last game LeBron played. Um, so LeBron's taking the ball in. Uh, and of course, Mahomes is there, and he's just like, "Yeah, you're not the only one playing on a bump ankle." Mm. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, the people that you know, eagle-eyed, have picked up on it and got it, and it's like, "Oh, okay." So, yeah, his foot's not been great, and mm. it's obviously just aggravated and getting worse and worse. So, yeah, he is a freak. Um, he's played a very, very long time, so I wouldn't surprise me if uh, he heals like Wolverine and will be back <laughs> in no time. Um, yeah, so. Uh, and they need him. I think it's the main thing. Yeah, the sooner they yeah. get LeBron back, the sooner they could push. Which which is crazy to think that they must rely on a twenty plus year veteran to come back um, and uh, carry them again into another yeah, postseason. Yeah, he's but, arguably the goat. Yeah, like, just but because also, he's thirty eight. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, I think I've said it f- for a few months now. I just I just don't see it happening. Uh, for them this year. So is this their run home? Yeah. Look at that. So, like, like upcoming. Like, yeah. like Golden State, Memphis, Memphis. Like tough. At least they get uh, they get the Raptors and and um, Knicks yes. at home. Yeah. Uh, and then they've got to go on the road to play Pels, play Rockets. the Pels, Pels and, and, and Rockets. Pels game think that would be big. Yeah, that's mm. probably for that playing spot. Mm. You might then, think. Then they go back to Dallas and they got the Suns. Not a, uphill, not a, it's uphill battle, that's for sure. Yeah. And look, yeah. they've got a, a run down there. Look at, at the start of April. So when we're looking at maybe LeBron coming back, one, two, mm. three, four, five on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they look at that. Look at the last four there: <laughs> Utah, Clippers, Suns, Utah. Yeah, it's a so, lot within the within the conference as well. Yeah, which is yeah. scary. Yep. Mm. Um, I, d- I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Mm. yeah, not with LeBron out. Yeah, it's going to be very difficult. Let's talk some soccer. Hey. I was just going to mention Jake Gyllenhaal. Did you see his rig? He's he, yeah, he ripped out. Yeah, he, he's <laughs> full on they're filming for a the, they're filming the Roadhouse uh, remake, and he, uh, so he's in it. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. That is the original. Yeah, so oh, he Roadhouse. So he's um, in the UFC. So they did a say fake weigh-in yesterday to film some scenes mm. uh, using the weigh-in. So they had all yeah. the, all the guys there to you know say some words. And um, uh, Jake, uh, got, of course, got on the scales and it fucking ripped. <laughs> he's jacked. Yeah. Um, Probably doesn't have be, to worry about. Yeah, your no, no Usada. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yes. No drug tests in the movie industry. Uh, Conor McGregor's yeah. in it. That's why they're sitting next to each other. Yep. Uh, I think Conor. He's also obviously doing the Ultimate Fighter with Chandler. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, um, I have a feeling he was involved in the uh, background of it. An ex UFC fighter ends up working at a roadhouse in the Florida Keys. That's a fucking strange place for a roadhouse. 
Just trucking on down to the Florida Keys. <laughs> yeah. uh, the road runs out here, brah. Yeah, interesting. Patrick Swayze, 1989. Remember old Transact? I remember <laughs> Remember this. This is a very Canberra reference. <laughs> 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 Fucking Roadhouse ads Transact back in the day. Swayze. <laughs> Stupid, sexy Swayze. Uh, I know since I've used this this uh, this spot to break out the segment, uh, we're getting into the co-main uh, mm, with Valentine, yep. uh, the bullet coming out next. I say she sleeps his bird in probably two rounds. Valentina uh, Shevchenko, Valentina. Valentine Holmes, Valentina, <laughs> Valentine, and Valentino Rossi. Yes. If you just want to make things more complicated. Yeah, uh, yeah I think probably she starches this poor girl, uh, Grasso, but uh, time will tell. Means we need to wrap things up so we yeah. can get into So, so, so <laughs> hit that sue button again and we'll go into the. Oh, double episode. button. Everton, their woes continue. They lost uh, two zip last week to uh, the villains. Are they at the bottom? Uh, no, I think they're 18th. Monks, if you want to bring I'll it bring up. up. Uh, Ollie Watkins, he's been playing all right for the villains. Arsenal, uh, they, they get a win last week against Leicester. They're also struggling uh, big time. Uh, our boy Harry Suter, he got nuttied uh, for Gabriel Martinelli to go yeah. through. City uh, get a get a... Convincing win against Bournemouth, Liverpool, nil all with, with Palace. Uh, it's funny, I was typed in uh, why are Liverpool into Google this week. comes up with so bad, suck this <laughs> year, uh, <laughs> th- things of that nature. Oh, I just said everything everyone's thinking. Oh, well, mm. I, to answer your question, Everton are equal last. Oh, so all on points there, 21, 21, 21. Mm. It's tight. Look at that. Like, Southampton no one, like, win. Literally from 12th down, no one is safe there. Yeah. Is very, very Which fun. includes Palace, Wolves, Forest, Leicester, West Ham, who have really been disappointing this year, mm-hmm. Leeds, Everton, Southampton, Bournemouth. Mind you, Liverpool's looking to make a run into Champions League. They're <laughs> actually, well, they're actually not that far off. Yeah, with United and their recent form, it's yeah, making it a little bit easier for them. Dude, Ten Hag like, needs some props. They have been so good. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they did win their first bit of silverware this week in, in quite some time. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the prestigious Carabao Cup, <laughs> uh, which is the English Football League, is probably the third most important bit of silverware. <laughs> uh, but look, uh, silverware. if that's my role, I'll take it. Uh, 20 bucks is 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a feeling it's more than 20 bucks that they won. Uh, but United, uh, they're not that far off off the pace. They've got a, a, a couple of games in hand, which uh, will help. How and, far uh, back are they, Jimmy? Can you just go up from there? Uh, so they're nine behind oh, City, yeah. but two games. So massive, massive, massive mm. um, clash tonight for United up against Liverpool. Tell you what, Arsenal uh, got by by B's dick uh, last night against Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth scored in 9.1 seconds. That's the second fastest goal in wow. EPL history, if you're wondering. And then... How'd they do that? Uh, I don't know. The old, you know, <laughs> pass, pass, bang. goal. Yeah, yeah goalkeeper, was, goalkeeper was playing up. Yeah, he's probably <laughs> setting his water up and then turning around and it's in the goal. Yeah, there's real FIFA kind of vibes yeah, there. Exactly. Broken controller kind of, uh, yeah. kind of gear. Um, but then... Uh, Arsenal go bang, bang, and this one went to 97 minutes, so we've been speaking a lot about the extra mm-hmm. time, the injury time, how long it goes these days, and uh, Reese Nelson, he was a double sub, so he got substituted on for the substitute. Okay. Uh, he scored a left foot rocket uh, that sent the Emirates into a frenzy. If they do end up winning the league, and they are five points clear of City on the same amount of games, mm-hmm. uh, one probably will look back to, to this game and um, – think this may have been uh, defining. 
Uh, <laughs> that's actual FIFA. Do you remember? Got that actually done by FIFA. FIFA. <laughs> nine seconds in nine seconds. Uh, uh, any anything that either. comes up like Stan Sport or anything, you might be able to um, see legit highlights there. Uh, Chelsea getting the win against Leeds. Spurs losing overnight, so that sort of makes things juicy there in that sort of um, you know mid-table kind of fight and uh, and. We spoke about Leicester. They lost last night to Southampton, which means Southampton jump up above Bournemouth on goals difference at the bottom end there. We've got to talk about Kylian Mbappe, boys. Uh, he's 24 years of old. Years old. Yeah, yeah. Years of old. Is. Years of age. Um, and he has the most goals for PSG ever. Yeah. 201. Absolutely crazy. Nuts, dude. Nuts. Like – how the 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 sky is the limit for for him. We spoke about it in the World Cup. It yeah. seems as though it's a changing of the guard for for goats. Yeah, uh, if he can keep it going, the longevity. Yeah, he'll be he he'll take over uh, Messi and Ronaldo's um, current throne. And I think he, as well with those stats, he was like fifty matches quicker than anyone else as well. So he, yeah, he's and he's an unreal talent. He's next level. Uh, Monk's really struggling to get highlights uh, here, so maybe I, was, I, I read I the ar- struggle. I read the article. Day, so. <laughs> it sounds like they went down the wing and had a low cross come across, and just they just put it back in in the back of the net. So um, they obviously just got down the wing very quickly. Nine seconds, done. nine seconds, boy. Uh, let's wrap up this final round because I actually really want to watch these title fights. <laughs> yes. The, on the Esky final round, we do like our UFC. UFC 285 is currently underway. The co-main event in Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso uh, about to do battle for the women's flyweight. But let's talk briefly about the the, the big one, uh, which is about to occur in, say, half an hour. John Jones, Cyril Garn uh, for the heavyweight Champion of the world, Jones, 26-1, and one, uh, about three years out of the ring, yep. uh, mm. cleaned out that light heavyweight division, said, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to make the huge jump from 205 to 265 mm. uh, and go up and, and try and uh, be um, the heavyweight champ of the world. Sean, um, probably our most mm. storied uh, UFC expert on this on this um, table, uh, how do you see the the big one going down? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, because there's been a lot of chat about um, uh, Bones Jones's body coming into this. Um, you know, mm. for some obligatory calf chat that he hasn't done any leg day. It's all been upper body. Champion um, of the world, bro. You don't need big calves. <laughs> I know. I Anderson know. Silva, any calves? <laughs> yeah. No. So I think he weighed in a pound heavier than Gain. Um, mm. He doesn't look it uh, based on rigs. But what were they, about 250? Uh, 247 and 248 and a half, I yep. think. Um, in that, he, you know, that's the numbers I vaguely remember, mm. uh, but around there. Um, I think the main ones was about, uh, you know, they were saying Jones' squat numbers and they're ridiculous, uh, you know, mm. Mm. hundreds and hundreds of pounds of plates. So uh, he's definitely looking very, very strong, um, whether he's got, you know, maybe some of that dad bod, dad bod strength. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think though that his only issue really is he's being compared currently to Gain, who's got a huge rig. Mm. Uh, mm. So it will be interesting whether his you know power tra- translates 
Um, everyone he really fought in the light heavyweight division was always smaller than him, mm. um, whereas um, they're about the same size height-wise. Uh, I think he still have, will have the reach advantage. Yeah, what about that reach? Like we've got to talk about that. Still yeah. has three and a half still inches of reach. Ridiculous reach. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, I, I don't think you can doubt uh, Jones's uh, ability at this point. If he wins this fight, he, I don't think it matters anymore. He's the GOAT. You think give it to him? Is this no. is this like Brady winning at Tampa Bay? Like yeah, the dude's put like, on almost fifty pounds, gone up a division, and then beats, get wins the title. Like that, that's un, unheard of. Yeah, it's mm. it's a crazy thing to do. It's why it took so long, and he spent three years kind of building up to this point, instead of you know hitting that Macca's diet and hitting <laughs> fifty pounds in six months kind of thing. We're just quickly going back to the yeah. rankings. Like he's still sitting on the rankings as pound for pound. Yeah, number ten um, as important top rank. So like. The fact that he hasn't fought in three years and still top ranking as yeah. a fighter. Well, like. there, there's some jokes during the week that and you know, other questions asked to him by the media saying, uh, you know, are you the pound for pound number one? Like you, 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 nothing's really changed for you in that regards. And he's like, mm. you know, he just gave Volk his props and it's like, I think Volk yeah. is number one. I love what mm. he does. Um, he's well deserving of it. So um, it, it's – it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, the Drake curse scares me a little bit. Um, uh and I wonder, you know, the question of does his power translate with the bigger boys? Probably not, but his fight IQ is ridiculous. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. He's got mm-hmm. that wrestling background. Um, it's just whether, you know, that will be enough to be dominant in the heavyweight division. Where if you've watched all the recent heavyweights, say, in the last six months, it's just um, who has uh, the bigger bazooka at the end of the day. Things, yeah, yeah. Who, who hits hardest and lands first um, ends up winning. So... Um, which you know is not really Jones's style. Um, mm. uh, so to see how that progresses into this, whether he can weather the storm, take deep waters. Uh, I don't think if they get it into the you know third, fourth, and fifth round in this, um, I think that lead bodes very well for Jones. Uh, so um, definitely, yeah. You know, I personally would love to see him win. Uh, I think that's a, an unreal story, uh, but it, it's yeah. a very, very tough task to come in against. Three uh, these years. great heavyweights, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three years, weight class up, a little bit of ring rust. Yeah. Um, I got it there probably um, – Gunn got found out a little bit with his Ngannou fight last mm. – well, when they last fought um, mm. with the wrestling in the later rounds. So, as you mentioned, if Jones can get into around four, four and five, um, yeah, deep it might be the deciding factor, yeah. yeah. That was January last year. Jeez, that's, yeah. that's a long time. Mm. Tua did show that he's hittable as well. So um, yeah, uh, but he also you know ate that shot and then managed to come back and win that fight. So as and well. completely different styles as well. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Jones m- maybe the most accomplished fighter of all time, but does he have yeah. that that one kind of yeah. knockout punch that that Bam Bam has? If anything, it'd be the head kick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, he d- did jobs so. against DC, and you know, I remember DC won won this belt as well. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but also, you know had fought at heavyweight in the past uh, and cut a lot to get down the light heavyweight. Yeah. So. You talk about pedigree and legacy. I didn't realise that John Jones' first fight was UFC 87. Yeah, <laughs> 2008. He's the youngest <laughs> champion ever. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the history of the UFC. I completely forgot that he's yeah. been around Well, well by that. age 30, if you look at the resumes of some of those top guys, what they achieved and what he's achieved, it's like triple yeah. what they've done. So mm. it's crazy. They, lit- they actually had um, a commentary – table for this fight of previous light heavyweight fights were all guys that he had beaten. So yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's not many many guys in, in the UFC in these divisions that John Jones hasn't uh, put the sword to. So mm. uh, 
um, very whether, true. Whether Gain can uh, add, be added to his uh, resume will be very, very interesting. That's it. Should we preview the next fight before it starts? Yeah, Shevchenko and Grasso literally about to to mm-hmm. kick off. Uh, Shevchenko is twenty three and three, seventh title defense. Uh, so you know we talk about goats, and she's starting to put her name up as well. Mm. Uh, again, you know, cross sexes. Do you have a, a lady goat? Do you have a, a man goat? But she's definitely uh, approaching that chat, especially if she wins. Um, you know, in in the next few minutes. And, you know, of those three losses, two of them, again, to, to Nunes, she's... Mm. Uh, Upper class, uh, weight class as well. Yeah, and, and very competitive. Um, should have probably won at least one of those. Um, but, uh, you know, got a got an unlucky split decision, but the second fight was very much in Nunes' favour. But that's kind of her trajectory. Yeah, she's back on that path of uh, who in the other divisions, uh, you know, can take me on. Uh, is it back to champ-champ fight? Uh, but, you know, don't go mm. don't overlook Grasso in this one and um, uh, make a mistake. She's got to come out here and, and do the job. Do we know much about Grasso? No, I think she's ranked six. Is that where she yeah, was? Yeah, six, 15 and three. Uh, oh, that Arahu, Araju. Araju who fought uh, earlier today. Fought yeah. earlier today. That, that's her last fight uh, yeah, about six months ago. There's not many on that top ten list that she hasn't already beaten. So it's, mm. yeah, she's just... Definitely a class above. She looks very much bigger than. Uh, yeah, and throwing over. throwing front kicks in the first fifteen seconds. I don't think. Uh, I don't think she's too intimidated by by uh, Grasso coming up here. It's a very difficult ja- task, but you know we've stranger things have happened. We've to seen with Nunes. Nunes yeah. lost hers. Nunes, um, Holly Holm, happens. and Ronda Rousey. It, yeah. can, it can happen. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the the other fights on the main card and we got to start mm. remembering this name Shavkat Rachmanov uh, mm-hmm. the Kazakh yeah. uh, fighter they fought at a catch weight so who missed uh, Neil missed by four pounds so yeah. Neil missed and uh, he missed out in this one um, a lot has been spoken about Shavkat uh, he's had a rapid ascendancy up the rankings uh, he's only had four UFC fights before tonight I believe uh, hasn't hasn't lost ever um, and, and a lot of people are already talking about him, uh, you know, in, in title fight kind of uh, contention. Can you make that bigger, Jimmy? Uh, I think Neil was very game in this. It was actually a pretty competitive fight. Mm. Um, it went to the third round, but, I, you know, the wearing him down and then got the submission there at the end uh, to get the win. So mm. uh, was a, you know, Neil at seven was a step up for him and uh, was a close competitive fight, but he got the job done. And Bo Nickel, uh, a short price favourite, a wrestler, red nut. Uh, he, he gets a job done uh, there in, in the middleweight division. Again, uh, sort of in, in a similar kind of light to Shavkat. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to be really good. Yeah, I think they showed it. He's had three UFC fights um, with zero significant strikes absorbed, and I don't think he got one in this one. Just doesn't get hit. Doesn't get hit. Gets, <laughs> get, closes the distance, gets in, take down, um, submission, like, job done. Uh, mm. as, as I said, as it happens, you know, light work in, in the office for him today. Uh, he, he's going to be scary going in that middleweight division. They'll start thinking about pushing him up uh, against uh, some more tougher challenges um, and getting him in through that division. I actually skipped over the other uh, the other fight there in uh, Gamrot and Turner. Uh, did you see much of that one? Who won that fight? So that was a split, split decision, decision Gamrot. Yeah, I think it was very back and forth, uh, both landing, a lot of good grappling uh, changing positions as well. I, it's, every time I looked, I saw Turner look like he was doing more damage. Um, but, yeah, Gamrod I think was better on the ground. So, yeah, split decision, probably fair um, with my quick assessment of what I saw. 
And just briefly uh, on the the prelims, uh, Cody Garbrandt, uh, big name there to be on the prelims, coming off a few losses. He gets the unanimous decision win against Trevon Jones. Uh, and Dreykus Duplessis, uh, he's making a bit of a name for himself, the South African, uh, yeah. with a win against Derek Brunson. And that was just falling, falling the other way for mm. Brunson. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think uh, Brunson was fifth, I think, ranked, and he was tenth. So it was a, it was a good win for him to yeah, push, him, push him up in that divi- middleweight division. Is he middleweight or worldweight? I think it's middleweight. Oh, middleweight. Yeah. Yep. We will do a full sort of breakdown, I think, of UFC 285 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after we watch um, these these two co-mains and uh, and we'll talk about yeah. it in the next part. Can I give Grasso some props? She's, she's looking good behind her jab. Yeah. Uh, getting in Valentino, Tina's face a little bit, so pushing her back. Um, but, you know, it's early, early days. Early days indeed. Boys, mm-hmm. the F1 is fast approaching, so that means I might go for a little <laughs> quick wee break and I'll let you two boys uh, give give a little season preview. It's not – is it next weekend? No, it's tonight. Uh, tonight. It's tonight. First well, round tonight. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rip in, you two. I'm definitely a casual for the F1. <laughs> uh, so, so I'll let you two discuss and I'll be yeah. back in a minute. That's do you want to yeah. hit the, the sev button if you oh, can geez. find it? It's been a yeah, while since yeah, we've done yeah. this. Bastion Fettel. So, as mentioned, F1 is back tonight. Uh, first race in Bahrain. Yep. Um, it's uh, been quite an interesting for qualifying. I think Alonso was very good through through the uh, practice sections, um, kind of uh, yep. as being the the fourth uh, in that list. Um, uh, you know, between the three big teams, uh, Red Bull showing still their strength there, one and two. Yeah, uh, they're just. Going up, yeah. step above everyone else at the moment. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, whether the Ferraris are sandbagging a little bit as well, there's yeah. ooh, that's a good takedown. Uh, gets back up, crosses. I mean, not too bad. She, do you reckon she nicks around though? I think she might get round one. Maybe was, maybe that takedown. Oh, got locked in there. End of end though. End. That's a good round though. It's close. Very close. Uh, so the Ferraris will both start on the the second uh, second row, yep. um, with Leclerc just ahead of his uh, teammate in science. Yep. Um, yeah, some chat about they'd prefer to be second row starting with fresh tires and front row starting with old tires. So we yeah, will okay. uh, will be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if that's a bold strategy. Alonso, mm. as mentioned, has been really good um, for yeah. Aston Martin. He's now going to start in fifth. Right in that car, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Seb's probably a little bit disappointed in all that, but <laughs> they see that, that they – are they the well, team to take that step and compete with the top four? Are they the fourth team in that competition? Um, and then yeah. we're followed by the Mercedes who are sixth and seventh who yeah. them themselves have – uh, again, maybe they're sandbagging. They're out there putting out, oh, you know, the car's not good enough for this year. We're not going to chase titles this year. Mm. Uh, same sort of shit I they think, said last year, but then they kind of got competitive yeah, to the back end. I think end, they'll so. have a similar season. Like they might have some technical issues, so to speak, first couple of um, races. But, um, yeah, they probably really need to step up to make sure they keep that gap between Ferrari and uh, Red Bull exactly. and themselves. If they can sort that shit out, be competitive. Yeah, if they can sort that shit out in the first month instead of by mid-season. <laughs> uh, they will probably be more competitive That's it, uh, yeah. this year than they were last. Um, so Russell will start in front of Hamilton by whoa, what was that four tenths of a, no four one hundredths of a second. Yeah, no, it's even less than qualifying. That. Either way, they're very very close. Very close. Yeah. Um, 
followed there by Stroll, who's dealing with a left wrist injury. So he's actually yep. um, battling through that. It's good to see. Yeah. Uh, Ocon uh, there in ninth. And then tenth was Hulkenberg. Yeah, great uh, to we, see him back on the grid. Yeah, and, um, and great for Haas to, to get in a top ten finish. Yeah. Um, uh, in qualifying. So I think we then got to talk about the McLarens a little bit who are struggling. Norris is in 11th and our man Oscar will start 18th. Yeah. Um, uh, what happened to Gasly? He must have not run very well uh, to be there in 20th. So I expect yeah, him to be to sure be there. fast. Um, but, yeah, I guess the young fellas uh, are down in the back there with Sargent mm. in 16th, uh, Perseri in 18th, and then De Villas in 19th. So um, be interesting to see if they can make uh, any inroads. Looks like it's the big three teams again uh, this year uh, yep. for the first race in Bahrain, and then we'll see if – uh, is it um, Aston Martin to take the this next step up? Yep. Can McLaren sort out their issues? Or, or has Ricardo made the right decision to go be a backup <laughs> driver at Red Bull? Yeah. So, yeah, that will be an interesting storyline throughout the year. Um, obviously, um, with Ricardo moving across to Red Bull as a reserve driver. Yeah, Perez. Perez go. Hot seat. Um, already been, there's already been that chat of infighting between him and Max last year. And yep. you know, who's the best teammate? To support for Staffan well, and maybe Ricardo is better. You do have Verstappen as far and above the number one driver in that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to Ferrari as well uh, with Santin Leclerc. Like yeah. you've obviously have that one driver who the team may prefer as your first driver. So Leclerc would probably be Ferrari's. Yeah, but I feel like Science is closer to Leclerc than say Perez yeah. is to Verstappen. Yeah, so it could easily flip um, for Ferrari, but. I think that whole race strategy throughout the year, um, if you've got a driver, um, your preferred number one um, up there, potentially yeah. winning, winning a race and you've got your second driver sort of pushing him, what happens with team orders and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah. And if Perez is not playing ball, I think, yeah, we'll probably know after the first month um, whether they're happy with him and if he does not get in results, then uh, – Mm. Uh, you know, Red Bull can be a bit ruthless with that second spot. We saw that with Gasly and Albon, um, you know, being young fellas trying to get yep. in there and they didn't work out. Maybe they'll like the older veteran and Danny Ricciardo um, returning to, you know, play no, second fiddle no there. Commodity. To, the yeah. car's probably changed heaps since then though. Um, so I, I haven't really heard much about if he's been able to do much testing. But mm. again, it'd be an interesting storyline with him obviously moving from McLaren and Agreed. McLaren probably not achieving as good a result as they were expecting. They, even during testing, had already sort of said that they're probably riding the season off a little bit anyway, mm-hmm. um, lowering expectations um, with Piastri coming in. So um, I see Pepe's pulled up the the, the, mm. the odds. <laughs> Does that reflect? Is that accurate? Do you yeah, think with Verstappen being fairly accurate, a really short price favorite it's to take pro- out the probably, whole? It's probably over there for Alonso. That'd be crazy if he managed to pull that off. Um, I've the odds with that we are looking mm. at uh, is Verstappen at a dollar forty four, then a big jump out to Charles Leclerc at sevens and Alonso at eleven fifty, Lewis Hamilton thirteens, George mm. Russell fifteens. Is it his to lose? Uh, I'd say so. Well, with where the car is at and yep. how competitive they've been, yeah, it's you know where they implode like Ferrari did in the you know mid part of that year. I don't think so. Um, yeah. But um, maybe a bit of. Bit of looking at that, Sarah. Uh, you know, Perez down there at twenty-one. You know, as a double, a, do you reckon? Well, as 
you know, in, well, in a comparable machine, should mm. be probably should have been second on that list. Is what I'm really? getting at. I uh, mean, again, it comes to race orders. Like, yes, yeah. you'd probably see him maybe lose a couple of positions defending first for mm. for Verstappen but if he plays th- along with the team. But you think the idea is he should be finishing at least second in every race, um, if, if not sneaking a couple first, yeah. depending if anything happens to Max. So maybe, um, yeah, it's. And uh, maybe telling of what the bookies think of you know where Perez's season's going to go if mm, he's yeah. not even in the top five or is he sixth? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. If that, one, two, three, four, five, sixth. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have the construction? Yeah, it was uh, Red Bull very short. Yeah, yeah okay. Red Bull should be heavy favourites. I think yeah. it was again, again around that dollar four, a dollar yeah. forty for for Red Bull out to fives for Ferrari, Ferrari six for Mercedes. Six. Yeah, but it's interesting to see that that um, Aston Martin there has actually closed a lot. Uh, you know, mm. kind of with what they've done <laughs> this <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, what they've done in the last week kind of shown that they're in the fourth team this year. Um, mm. We'll see if they can keep that and keep that pace because they were middle of the pack uh, last season. Yeah. Um, you know, which is not great for, say, uh, McLaren where they wanted to be and how they're going. Yeah. I mean, by all accounts, as per most seasons, they seem to have been copying um, the design of the front runner team. So if they're, they're able to get their aero package right, like um, Red Bull have, um, yeah, Alonso's got a good shot of probably sneaking in a few wins there this yeah. season as well. I think it's been like 140 races since he's won. Actual Grand Prix. Crazy. He's forty-one years yeah. of age. Yeah. <laughs> oldest driver on the grid um, by, far, by far. So yeah. Yep. When does it become Lance Stroll's team? Do you think? Well, end of this, end it's of his year. old man's team. So <laughs> he's uh, the only reason Lance Stroll's in F one is because his dad owns the team. In my opinion, of <laughs> of <dollars. laughs> yeah. I like he, he's a good driver, but I don't think he's uh, young enough and talented enough for like some of the others. Mm. So. Um, uh, final bit, Alpha Tori, uh, it sounds like Red Bull want to sell them. So that's maybe where Andretti can get there into F1. Um, uh, so that's another storyline we'll follow throughout the year, whether they sell and whether Andretti can finally get a license and get into the sport. Mm-hmm. That's F1, big race tonight. Uh, it's half past midnight, but I think for us, 12.30. Quick wrap up. Um AFL's not far off. Uh, a lot of packy games over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like the the Melbourne Demons with uh, with Maxi Gorn and Brody Grundy, the the twin towers, uh, mm-hmm. played okay. I think they both booted three uh, yesterday. Uh, Dion Prestia. Just don't make that reference when they're playing the Bombers. Whoa, nine <laughs> eleven joke there. Wow. <laughs> That's you know it's, it's been, been twenty years. years I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm saying don't make that joke as well as getting Hey, Pete Davidson made a career out of it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) More his dad than anything else. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Good movie, actually, King of Staten Island. Yeah, yeah, Pete Davidson, AFL, uh, NFL, the combine. Mm -hmm. We'll talk that. Golf is uh, approaching uh, mm-hmm. sort of major time. We're only about a month away from the Masters. Liv is playing and you know, a lot of money and maybe not, not a lot of viewership. Yeah, not a lot of viewership. It is very different. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're just into footy season, aren't we? Uh, it's mm-hmm. a complete change of pace uh, where there's just non-stop Aussie sport. And uh, yeah. our, our yeah. beloved NFL takes takes a bit of a break, but uh, we've got the NBA heading up. We've got the EPL heading up. Um, so there's plenty to talk about. It's hockey, bro. 
Hockey, yeah, yeah. All of us experts of, of the ice. Yeah. Wayne Gretzky, go Gretzky. Paulina Gretzky does a bit on uh, on full swing. Um, boys, thank you for your time. Thank you to anyone that is listening to the Esky. We do appreciate it. Next weekend, I'm at a wedding. You guys are down the coast, so we mm. might try to convene before the AFL season starts to yeah. have a look at uh, at what's doing. May have uh, a special guest. Yeah, possibly, possibly someone that knows a little bit more about Aussie rules footy than we do. Um, we we will see. We'll let you know on the socials uh, when we'll be back, but it shan't be mm. next weekend. Thank you. Uh, hope you're having a good week wherever you are listening to the Esky. We do appreciate the support. If you've just come across this podcast, check us out on the socials. We have a little Facebook and Insta, which aren't doing as well as our YouTube, so we'd appreciate uh, <laughs> you checking that out. Have a great week. Uh, plenty of sport to view. Go the Aussies for a Desmond Tutu. That rhymes. I'm poet. I didn't know it. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye.